It's a one-take fucker. This is Ice Cappuccino. Rising from retirement, yo. To give a special shout out to three crazy bofos. These guys are one of kind. These guys will blow your mind. It's time to rock the mics. You fucking ready for this headaches? This is for the trio of fear. Celebrating three years. This is for the trio of fear. to the kings of horophilia. To the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 75. Happy anniversary! Oh my god, it's like deja vu. <laughs> All over again. Woo! Yes, we're doing the same thing. We don't care about Christmas, we don't care about holidays. Well, we do, but we, we do. care about the anniversary more. And we care about you, the listener. <laughs> wow. And I'm you Dave Z. Oh, and I'm Christian Luciani. Luciani. I had to rhyme it with Dave Z. And I'm Brandon. Or Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, thank God wow. it's our anniversary. This is the only reason why people are going to continue to listen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it was better on the first intro. Yeah, I think <laughs> it might be better. Right. I guess we have to tell everybody this is our second do-over because I fucking screwed the pooch here and I, 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 I forgot to hit record. <laughs> if you can believe it. Yeah, we're off our game. I fucked up on the intro. You forgot to hit record. Um, I don't know. We stopped doing franchises, and all of a sudden, we're falling apart. We're crazy. I think we're a little burnt out. I will tell you, I feel I feel the same. I, I'm happy about what I'm doing with 18, 2018 watches, but oh, yeah. I fucking feel burnt out. I felt burnt out, yeah. especially editing that show. We did, we, did a lot, we did a lot of shows this year, and it wound up being... Two huge shows, actually more than two huge shows, a lot of big shows that way outdid the year of the slasher. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the shows were longer or shorter or I don't know. It's hard to it's, it's hard to really say. All I know is we did a lot of franchises and it was a lot of work. And I'm really looking forward to having our little vacation. That's all I can say. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing your rankings for these franchises because man, that was hard to do. We're gonna be ranking. The 15 franchises we covered since the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's gonna and be fun. Man, you know what? <laughs> I'm looking at my 15. I'm looking at my number 15 spot at 15. People are gonna be like, "What? We did Smart a lot of good is, franchises." Yeah. Well, I I bugged out about it for five minutes and then I just said, "Fuck it," because I was trying to figure out how to do it. I was like, "Am I thinking Desert Island or am I just thinking ranking without that?" Because if I'm thinking Desert Island, it's a whole different thing. Like me, I I would take Hellraiser. Even though there's only three, maybe good movies out of twelve, 
I would still rather take that than one missed call. Even though I liked all three one missed calls, I don't want to give up Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 from my life. Yeah. So okay. that was the problem. Then I decided I, I better not do Desert Island because it, it, you're almost skewing, skewing, screwing the fucking the whole thing. So I just decided to look at it and say, this is my ranking. And that, that's that's what I did. But Fair enough. More on that later. That that that's later on. We're, we're celebrating. We're gonna do a review of a Christmas movie because it's the holidays, and um, we're gonna have some. We've been having so many emails over the course of the last month or two months that we haven't been able to read any right. because the franchise stuff. So now we're gonna catch up on our emails. We have some questions that we asked you guys uh, on the Patreon and in the group page and everywhere for that matter. We're gonna have some fun. So we only have one review. And and that's it. And um, all the creatures were stirring. That, that's our one review. We're not going to do it right away. We're going to do emails first, I think. And then, yeah, that's that. So, remember that song you sang? Man, we should be playing that shit now. Remember that song we did? Oh, the yeah. To the kings of horophilia. Because now we really are the kings. That was the first anniversary show. Wow. I, I got really. I got like we. I think we were like number one for like what three episodes. <laughs> and I, I was pompous enough to put that song on. <laughs> Hail to the kings of horophilia. You know what? That will be the intro. Yeah, we, we broke the rankings. That's going to be the intro music for tonight's show. <laughs> Do it. Oh, yeah, we did. B, were you saying we broke the internet? Because we did. We broke the rankings. We we stayed on the top spot for so long that Jason was just like, fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. We did break the rankings, but we also broke the internet fucking uh, a few weeks ago. Did you know that? Remember no. everything got shut down for like two days? See, you're never really uh, on Facebook that much, so it, it but... There was people coming on our, on our group page and others and this and that and saying, I can't play any of the things on Horophilia. Something's wrong. The, the iTunes, everything when Horophilia goes down, all the feeds went down. Everything fucking went down. And Jason said, Jason had to eliminate the video things. What a bleh. <laughs> Help me out. What are those thing, damn things? Commentaries with the videos. Yes. You know, NFW does it with, with the video also now. And then, um, yeah, there's been more and more that he had to completely take them off of the site and they have to, we have to come up with all the alternatives. You, even the old banana laser and skeleton crew, there has to be alternatives because the videos, he, he has to trim the fat. And the reason he has to trim the fat is because of us, because we, we broke the damn internet because <laughs> we had so many downloads. So he, <laughs> <about> <laughs> <Yay> us. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fuck Ralph. We broke the internet. <laughs> I'm happy about it. It's it's never happened before, but we got so much attention. Although I'm not, we're not bragging. It's just exciting a little bit, you know. We're yeah, still we're bragging a little. <laughs> we're still small, small potatoes. But hey, doesn't matter. We're what tier are we now? Have, have we gone down a tier? I don't think we've gone down. What do you? Oh, I I would say that we're probably um. Are we still the pins of podcasting? No, no. <laughs> yeah, we are the pin of podcasting, but we're probably like a two and a half. I'll take it. Yeah, we're a two and a half. We're not exactly a two. I've but... had a couple of those before. <laughs> two and a half? Oh, boy. <laughs> Shit. Have you had any two and a half movies this year is the question. Yeah, I think I already talked about them in, uh, earlier this year. Hovering around like maybe two two to three range. I've, I've had been trying to get three better. movies below that. Wow, you guys, man, you gotta follow the man. I don't have movies like that in my shit. I think the lowest movie I have is like a four, and I think it's only one of them. I got a one. A one. I got a one. I gotta follow. My I man. want. I, what do you say? Do you want a man? 
Richard Tobacco? Richard, yeah, Richard <laughs> Tobacco. <laughs> it's, it is fucking crazy what you hear sometimes. <laughs> I don't well, understand. Let's do it. Let's fucking talk. That, that's an email. So let, let's yeah. get to those emails, man. We got we got a bunch to go through. I'm going to try to go in by um, order they came in, but uh, let's see. Hopefully I don't miss anything, you know? Okay, let's go back here. October 5th. Wow, October 5th. Okay, this is from Matt Helmers. I'm new to your show, kind of, but I know Dave Z through Banana Laser and the Skeleton Crew. I know this isn't a movie, but I wanted to share a horror audio drama I heard called Campfire Radio Theater. A guy named, a guy named John Ballantyne wrote and produced each story. It helps if you listen through headphones or earbuds. Here are some of the best ones. One, Night Chills, reminds you of Tales from the Crypt. Two, Ghost of Flannel Lighthouse, based on a true mystery that's never been solved. Three, Abduction at Willow Woods. Starts a little slower, but gets good at the end. Four, Night Delivery. If you love radio from the 80s, this one's awesome. Five, Philadelphia Experiment, maybe based on true events. Patient X is nuts. Six, Twilight Road. Seven, Monsters Game. Eight, Woods Ferry. Nine, Hungry Hollow. And a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> and ten, Dreaming of a Dead Christmas. Actually good. Okay. Hidden inside this podcast are some great music from Kevin Hartnell. I think John Ballantyne can write his ass off. He'd be a great guest for your show. He's all over Twitter. So there you go. Matt, we put it out there. I have not listened to any of these things. I Campfire Radio Theater. Yeah. I'm going to try to get back into listening to podcasts during the break, and I'll add this to the top of the list. <laughs> I'm sorry. When you said during the break, I thought like like tonight when we're recording. Maybe. Yeah, no, in like fifteen minutes when we take I, a pee break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to podcasts when I take a pee break. Come back and tell you what I thought about it. <laughs> My whole thirty seconds worth of listening. Okay. So anyway, I, I I read that out. I haven't been able to listen. Like I said, if anybody you know wants to check them out, please do. I don't think we're gonna have any guests on our show. Uh, we've had plenty of opportunities to have guests. And I, I guess I'm kind of the asshole because I think Christian wants to do more interviews because he did a great interview, you know, uh, with um, making the indies and stuff like that. And we get so many emails from like every Tom, Dick and Harry that doesn't that does an independent horror film. And we Dick. get these sent to us, you know, Dick. and sending shit. And it's just like if we did that, we would just become an interview show. And. I never want that. I, I, I personally, I have fun just doing what we're doing here. So, you know, it's, it's no, I, I, oh, fuck, he, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, and that's fine. That's what, that's what we do, but I would like to reach out more and do more of the, uh, making the indie style things. I find it very fascinating how these films got made. And there's a lot of more, a lot more of these filmmakers that we're linked up to now. So, um, True. typically I, I want to do them when I like the film. You know, as long as it's above average, because I would really feel bad if I'm uh, if, if I hated the movie, <laughs> having to talk to these people. But that might well, be interesting what? too. <laughs> what it doesn't the matter. hell happened? You know how there's a podcast called um, "How to Be Called That." We should just say you should, that should be your thing. What the hell happened? It should be the, <laughs> the fucking sidekick. <laughs> if you don't like the movie, <laughs> shit, that'd be funny. But yeah, there's so many opportunities, but it's just. Maybe, you know, if you want to start doing them, we're so busy. That's the problem. I know that you're busy, especially, see? It's like, what do you want to do, an interview here for this? And even tonight, we could have interviews for the movie tonight. We could have had, you know, Rebecca McKendry out from Shockwaves. You know what I mean? Which which would, which would have been cool because she's one of the directors of the, the film. But 
I mean, we only have so much free time. It's hard to get us together to, to do this. And what the I, hell happened, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a precursor to uh, your opinion on the film, I believe. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, let, let's go on. SC. Yes. Uh, here SC we go. Back all the way back from October 19th. Greetings, Dave, Christian, and Brandon. It's your good buddy, SC, Stephen Carpenter. And I just got home from seeing Halloween 2018. It's never going to end, is it, talking about this movie? <laughs> and I wanted to give you guys my quick, or maybe not so quick, initial thoughts on the film. Overall, I must say I adored the film, and I have very few complaints. One of the things I liked most about the film was that it's not your ordinary slasher film. The concept of the investigative journalist trying to piece together the methods behind Michael's madness was a very unique way to go about bringing the character back 40 years later. I absolutely loved one of the first scenes in the film where the two journalists are attempting to talk to Michael in the courtyard of Smith's Grove. One of the journalists even pulls out Michael's mask, which gave me an incredible sense of impending danger and unease. The total unresponsiveness of Michael in that scene may have been one of the creepiest scenes in the film for me. I like that too. I also really enjoyed later what they did with the character of Laurie Strode. As anyone who would have gone through so much trauma, Laurie is clearly in a constant state of fear of Michael's impending return and is clearly left emotionally damaged to say the least. Another thing I loved was the brutality in its kills. The scene in the gas station bathroom when the journalists were killed was incredibly intense and gave a real sense of the danger that Michael could still be all these years later. Okay, how much more do I have? Ooh, man, I might have to start doing this. I also really liked what they did with the Doctor character. I love the fact that he studied under Loomis and became Michael's doctor after his passing. <laughs> One of the most shocking elements of the film that I totally did not see coming was when the doctor kills the officer who had just ran over Michael was his police car and Spoilers. was ready to finish Michael off. The fact that Michael's doctor would kill someone to protect Michael in the hopes of being able to continue to study the monster that is Michael Myers was something I was not expecting. And definitely a nice surprise that made the film more interesting than your normal sequel or slasher film. The ultimate end to Michael's doctor was probably one of the most satisfying death scenes I have seen on screen in a very long time with the doctor getting his brain smashed in by Michael's boot. The brutality of this death from a primary character was refreshing. Usually it seems as if the most satisfying kills are saved for random characters, but this death for me had emotional weight behind it, especially considering the doctor was trying to protect Michael. Okay. You know something, even just because you're Stephen Hawking doesn't mean you're immune to spoiler protocol. (laughs) Yeah, you can blame me for not proofreading that part. One of my few complaints of the film is that we didn't get to see exactly what happened with the bus crash. But instead, we just see the chaotic aftermath. I felt the climax of the film when Laurie's makeshift almost bomb my shelter was a great end of the film. The idea of Laurie creating all these traps and hoarding supplies made it seem like she was preparing for the zombie apocalypse. But in her mind, as we see in the film, all those things were needed in order to ultimately trap Michael in the basement and burn the house to the ground. We see Michael down in the basement as the house burns, but his ultimate fate remains a mystery. If you stay through the credits, at the very end, you're able to hear Michael breathing. This is clearly a tease for the Boogeyman's return. If the film does well financially, well, and from all estimates, I am hearing that it will be a massive hit. A sequel is almost certain to happen. According to Box Office Mojo, the film's budget was $10 million. It's expected to make $70 million plus over its opening weekend. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to let Pin finish the rest of it. 
With that in mind, what are your thoughts on a sequel to this film? Right now I am very conflicted about another sequel. In some ways I would love to see another sequel with Myers back once again, but I'm just not sure where the story would could go from this point. Do you guys have any theories or hopes for a sequel to this film? Well, I meant to keep this short, but I clearly like to fucking ramble. Overall, I adored this film and definitely plan to see it in theaters at least a few more times. I'm very excited to hear what you gentlemen thought of the film. Keep up the awesome podcast. All right, SC. <laughs> what um, what they've been tossing around? She um, meets Tobin Bell, and actually is the beginning of Jigsaw. That- <laughs> That's what the, that's where the next one's going. A crossover. Know, it's a major crossover. Fans are divided, but uh, could could be interesting. I personally want a sequel to so save I. that first one. Oh fuck you! No, you I'm know. serious. I feel like I missed the mark. I feel like you pick up directly where this one leaves off. You know, they're going where they're going. The police station, the hospital, whatever, and immediately one of the Strodes is killed. Yeah, Lori probably. Whether it's Lori, whether it's the mother. Whoever it is, somebody dies, and then one last final night of terror and defeating of the evil. And no mention of Turkish Loomis, because that's the worst <laughs> character in the history of the franchise. What the fuck? Okay. Ah, oh, I love story. Turkish. I love Turkish Loomis. We're not getting into this again. No, Sorry, I'm not. I just, <laughs> no, no, no. That, no he, he, he did the right thing. He stated his opinion. He went a little overboard, trash and Turkish Loomish. <laughs> Loomish. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Obviously, there's going to be a sequel. Uh, I've I resigned to the fact that it's going to happen. I said it when we reviewed it. I didn't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. I mean, it, but the thing is, Jamie Lee Curtis has said she'll come back if they get the same director. I don't know if that guy's going to direct again. This, I mean, this, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. He, he does other shit. So it's hard to say. Yeah, so, but do it. I mean, at this point, you had the idea. You wanted to uh, do this forty-year-later movie. Why wouldn't you continue it? Why not? Yes, especially with the money they can demand now, based on the success. It, well, has it ever happened before? Have you ever seen a guy make a slasher film and then come back for another one? Adam uh, Green. Well, <laughs> who? England. Robert England. Yep, Robert England. Adam okay. Green. You. <laughs> oh well, that's Patreon. You know. One more dollar. One more dollar for him to get some fucking Q-tips so he can clean (laughs) something out there and hear us clearly. Please, I beg of you. (laughs) (laughs) I beg of you. Oh, shit. Listen. Fucking nuts. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, but Adam Green is different. They didn't come to Hollywood. That's his, it's independent horror. That's different. This is a big fucking thing. When does a guy do a horror movie? I mean, granted, Wes Craven did it with the Scream series. Wes Craven. But, yeah, but he wrote and direct. It's different, though. I don't know. I, I listen. I, I at this point, I don't even know what I hope for. I'm just going to sit they back. Come, why wouldn't they come back? They'll get paid twice as much money. I don't know. Maybe uh, creatively, that they, they figure there's nowhere they could go. I don't fucking know. Well, they missed the mark on so many occasions here. There's plenty to go. No, I don't think they missed the mark. I think they were setting up loose ends so that they could explain it in a sequel. Oh, so they intentionally missed the mark. Okay. Well, I mean, why would they show a shot of a burning inferno in the basement with no sight of Michael Myers? Because that's what the fucking franchise is. I'm getting angry. Uh, <laughs> next question. Next question. Okay. <laughs> Richard Tobacco. Channeling my inner Richard Tobacco right now. All right. We're not talking Halloween anymore. It, makes, makes, it causes trouble on this show. Okay. So, 
Let's go back to our homie uh, Scott Allen, who, if you remember, talked to us about Suspiria. It was his original uh, email that we read a few months ago. This is going back. This is October 20th. So this is Scott Allen's uh, response to us reading his email on the show. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the time to read my last email. Let me first apologize for this even longer email. Hold on. How long is this? <laughs> Dave, Dave, you want me to read one? I mean, we could switch off. SC. Go ahead. You want to read? Read. I'm fucking tired of talking already. All right, take a break. All right, hello, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the time to read my least email, my last email. All right, somebody else take over. <laughs> Let me first apologize for this even longer email. I finally watched Opera and Tenebrae. I didn't feel the same isolation I felt with Suspiria and Inferno. I actually felt the opposite, but I loved both, although I wasn't expecting the Rescue in the Alps ending to Opera. And I haven't been able to get the title theme song to Tenebrae out of my head for the last month. Regarding your review of Hereditary, I loved every second of that movie until the end. I felt like the cult thing was, I don't even have the words. It was just so disappointing, but I should have seen it coming. I'm terrible at picking up on foreshadowing, even when it's obvious. I would have preferred if they would have had Charlie come back from the dead, dressed in a red coat, and slashed the mom's and brother's neck while shaking her head. It would have been a 10 out of 10 for me, but the ending bumped it down to a 7. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I got to revisit that film. That's that's one I'm really looking forward to revisiting for year-end prep. Oh, I've, yeah, I've watched it twice watch. already. Yeah, I've only seen it once, but I'm, I, I can't wait. I On your Halloween franchise review, you have no idea how happy I was to see that new episode pop up on my phone. Halloween 78 is by far my favorite movie of any genre, and the franchise is my favorite horror franchise. Halloween 78 has the two most important elements to me in a horror movie, atmosphere and score. It's unparalleled. The chase scene where Laurie is trying to escape out the back door that is blocked by the rake while Myers breaks down the door in pure horror, is pure horror attention genius. I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times, and every time I'm just not sure if she's going to make it out of that room. Halloween 2 is also wonderful, right up there with 78. I feel the same way about the tension in this final Myers-Laurie chase as I do about the original. One thing I thought of is that this movie, taken is that had this movie taken place after 1996, the radio station that broadcast Laurie's medical condition and hospital location would have been cited for a raging HIPAA violation. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into great detail with all the Halloween sequels you reviewed. I love 4, 5, and 6, faults and all. It's actually nice hearing how you all feel about them. For a while, years ago, I wasn't sure if I was even okay to like them. I think four is pretty good, given the script was written in something like 11 days due to the pending writer's strike. What's SOTW? I know SOT. Season of the Witch. Oh, Season of the Witch. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Season of the Witch is its own sequel, and I love it as well. Great kills. Also, in the final scene, why doesn't Chalice just rip the mask off the children in front of him that are watching the commercial? He anyway. Kids. Yeah, he what, does. What kids? kids? Wait a minute. There's no kids in front of him. Isn't he at the gas station? Yeah, but some kids run in. Oh, yeah, I guess you could rip their masks off, those three kids. Yeah, that would have been cool. He would have been panicking. Take these masks off. Oh, that would have been bad <laughs> shit. Oh, I he wish you would have. Accidentally rips a head off or two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, I'm just about to dive into your part two review of the Halloween franchise. I'm looking forward to the new Halloween. Thanks so much for all the great content, guys. You've made my work commute much more enjoyable. P.S. I've watched Gordon's death scene in Friday 4 several times. And while I agree with Brandon that there is a crunch sound, as if someone breaks Gordon's back, I'm convinced that the scene is simply 
a total fuck up that should have been cut. Sincerely, Scott. <laughs> I, I can agree with that. <laughs> I can agree with the total fuck up. I could buy that. And how about the HIPAA law? He mentioned it but before he listened to, to us talk about it all on the fucking show and, and the, the follow-up show when you were complaining about the thing. They, even he said it even before he listened, which is That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking doctors here. Yeah, Turkish Loomis, the HIPAA law, man. I'm telling you, keep your mouth shut. You'd be out of a job. And that motherfucker, he had to keep his job because all he cared about was he was he's basically like us. He's obsessed with Michael. He's a big fan of Michael. Say so we'd like to see Michael kill, so does he. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. So yeah, well, as far as what he said with the first stuff, there's only one Suspiria. And there's nothing else like it. And and, and that, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me. I just Suspiria is a one of a kind for me. So I, I get that he didn't get the same, you know, feel watching another one of his films. Well, they are drastically different in terms of tone. Absolutely. I mean, the look a little bit with uh, Inferno, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And Tenebrae is nothing like either of them. Yeah, Tenebrae and Opera completely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay, well, that's good stuff. Thank you, Scott. No, this isn't too bad. There you go. <laughs> I, I can read the ones that aren't too bad. Okay, this is from Matthew Cockrell. Hello, hello, guy. Oh, sorry, let me read it the right way. Hello, hello, guys. <laughs> Better. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. First off, I want to let you know I found your cast about a month ago. Oh, hold on. Sorry. He sent it twice, so I'm going to read the second one because the second one is usually taking care of mistakes in the first one. So I'm going to do that again. Hello, hello, guys. <laughs> First off, y'all are freaking awesome, and I really appreciate you for bringing me back to horror after a few years of falling away from the genre. I found your cast about a month or so ago and have listened to almost all your past casts. Because of your amazing reviews and recommendations, I have now seen The Witch, Tragedy Girls, and Southbound, and love them all. So I want to thank you very much for your podcast and hours of entertaining commentary on horror. Anyways, like most, my favorite subgenre is the slasher. My first real horror to see was Friday 6 when I was 11, and it drew me in. Once in high school, I saw Scream in the theater and fell in love. After that, I watched tons of 80 slashers, The Burning and Slaughter High being two of my favorites. Nice. Here recently, I have a fondness for isolation horror, The Thing, Alien, Pontypool, and Splinter being some of my favorites. I was wondering your opinion on movies like these and if you have any recommendations of other movies like these. Thank you for what you do, Matt C. And thank you, Matt. He's also on Patreon, so thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah. thank you, Matt. Well, so those are all guys... great flicks. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of other ones that uh, I could recommend. I'm a huge fan of Splinter. Splinter was a first-time watch for me this year. I, I just hadn't gotten around to seeing it, and I thought it was fantastic. Did you watch it because we, because we covered it on ABCs and I brought it to the table? Or that I've been blowing it for since like episode one, and I think we're talking about underrated movies and movies that people don't talk about. <laughs> Those were the only two reasons I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know what movie I really like? That's you know, it, it came out. It was coming out when all the Saw films were coming were coming out, and I, I thought it was a pretty good film. And that's uh, House of Nine. I never saw that movie. House of Nine. House of Nine. I thought it was a Not rap movie. Nine strangers with no apparent connection between them are abducted, drugged, kidnapped, and sealed in a house together. Sounds like Saw 2. 
Yeah, it's very much like a Saw ripoff, but it, it, it was fun. Dave won't like it. There's too many people in the house. <laughs> it's true. I don't like too many people in the house. You're right. I'm sorry. It's, 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 there's only so much you can do. I mean, if it's like a big monster house, a mansion or something with a bunch of different rooms, that I can see. Even a big boat, I'll take. But a regular size house. Did you guys see Circle? Yes, I that is good. Not. Circle was really good. I really enjoyed yeah. that one. Yeah, that's a good recommendation, actually, man. It's Thank more you. it's more sci-fi maybe than yeah. horror, but it's still definitely worth the watch. Yeah. I'm going to throw a couple out there just off the top of my head. One was from a couple years ago called Let Us Pray. Did anybody happen to see that film? Oh, at the movie? at the police station? Yes. Yeah, good film. Really good I'll, film. I'll go another one, Lost Shift, that was also involving a police yes. station. Yeah. Or uh, Last Shift. Shift. Yeah, Sorry. Last Shift. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I would do. Lost shift. But... Well, they, they kind of lost control of that shift. So it, it was the last lost shift. <laughs> and one from this year. Actually, I got to look it up. Oh, no, I don't have to look it up. It's called The Vault. It's on Netflix. And that takes place at a bank. And That was the one I recommended to you. The one with uh, uh, Vince uh, or um, James Vince Franco. From... Yeah, James oh, Franco. Oh, you recommended that to me? Yeah, oh, to both hot. of you guys. I said it was, I said yeah, it was yeah. good. I said it was good. Well. Yeah. It was on my list, and I watched it. So that it must have come from you, because I was trying to figure out. Nobody is talking about that movie. You know, Jason Jason Smith was yeah, talking yeah. a lot about these uh, isolation sci-fi type of films, and he mentioned films like Coherence and Time Lapse, which are also probably more sci-fi than horror, but also great films worth checking out. Isolation horror, man. There is there is a lot, and I've had. I, it seems like nowadays I'm into it much more than I used to be. Yeah, because when it's done well, I mean, it's it's all about the payoff in the end. It really is. Would, like, The Evil Dead be, like, considered that? Or, I mean, because that kind of a genre that has, like, it's, I'd say it's more demon possession. But still, uh, it's I mean... Definitely, it's definitely isolated. Well, I just watched um, uh, Christmas Presents on Shudder. Oh, boy. And did you watch it? No. I did not either. It wasn't bad. It, I, it was... It was just, it was good. It was okay. It was, I, right. I give it a, a, it was a decent, like, I don't know where I come in, maybe six and a half, seven on it, like a uh, mild rumble. Yeah. All right. It's been yeah. a long time since we've done head rating. Yeah. I know, right? I don't know, is, know that a, is that a mild rumble? I don't even know. But anyway, the, the downfall is I just feel like it built too long to then be too quick for the end. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was definitely better than I was expecting it to be. Interesting. I was avoiding it, but well, I'm probably, I, I'm not watching it now because uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done watching movies for the year after tonight. That's the I'm going to watch one more that's going to be released on, on to VOD, and I I never got to see it. And that, that's Hellfest at the theater. So that's the very last movie I'm going to watch as a first time watch because all I'm doing is rewatches now. So I can't go back. I really got to concentrate because our next show is the big one, and I just I have too many. Movies, it's, it's so hard for me to make cuts this year. It's harder than any, any other year. Like, eh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it on that show. But, yeah, isolation movies, they, they are pretty good. I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but Cube. there's a couple. Cube, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Shit. There are tons of them, man. There, Exam. There Exam was a good one. A lot, a, lot of sci a lot of sci-fi films. It, it tends to be when they do the isolation, it turns out to be something science fiction-y. True. A lot of Twilight Zone episodes were isolation. Await Further Instructions is one that uh, Jason Smith just recommended, and I checked it out, and I actually uh, I was quite fond of it. 
That was sci-fi, no? It it was definitely sci-fi. Very isolationist. Just making sure. Okay, we got a voicemail. Oh, yeah. Eric Webster? Have it? No, no. <laughs> BC. BC is back. Oh, yep. finally. Yeah. Exploding heads, guys. How you doing? This is your boy BC from the Horror Mafia podcast. Just wanted to give a little shout out to you guys. I'm finally all caught up with you now. So thank you for not releasing a show this week. <laughs> as far as the Halloween goes, oof. Halloween 2018, Brandon, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. That's okay, though. You sure made up for it with your picks on the guest spot on 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Good job, guys. And Christian, that curveball at number two, love it. And Dave, I still can't believe that you hate Resurrection more than four, five, or six, but I can forgive you for that. You're a good guy. Anyway, before I go, guys, I learned something new I thought I'd let you know about. Found out that pigeons die after sex. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Well, the one I fucked did. All right, guys, talk to you later. (laughs) He paused perfectly for that. I know. That was brilliant comedic timing. It was. Breaking the fourth wall. I did not show. I never show these guys the. Um, <laughs> we share the emails when there's questions to be answered. The voicemails, unless it's something serious, I don't show them. So that was the, that was not like you know for comedic effect. That fucking. That, that was, was perfect bro- timing. <laughs> I have no clue what I chose for number two on the seventy-six show. Where are the whatever show he was talking about? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Well, yeah, but show. How, how come he? Oh. Oh, Creep Show. Awesome. Wow. You came in at number two on Creep Show? Yeah. Higher than me? Wow. Amazing. Well, I'm not the only one that liked Resurrection less than four or five and six. Didn't we all like it? Less than I, four, five, and six? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the it was the bottom tier. So why am I getting fucked with? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell, man? I guess he, he, he couldn't think of anything negative to say about me. So he just <laughs> you know, he, he had to come up with something. I think he was just trying to promote the Horror Mafia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine those guys are a-okay yeah yeah i miss them i was doing the sopranos with them for a while and then when my uh work schedule changed just those guys are the opposite of me they go to bed at fucking they, they don't get online till fucking i go to bed you know what i mean so uh unfortunately that's yeah that's the end of that for now but anyway bc great to hear from you buddy and yeah listen to horror mafia please okay hey, can i interject because Eric Webster has left a couple of uh, voicemails in the past, and there was that whole thing about uh, wanting to check out Cargo, and then the episode never hit and never dropped, and it finally dropped. And then he, I think he released something saying, it's coming, boys, it's coming, I wasn't bullshitting you. And I listened to that episode, uh, and the only reason I'm bringing this one up, because I, I, they have so many shows. If you've not listened to Dark Discussions, just go and look at how many fucking episodes. Because if you dig the show... You've got a fucking huge back catalog <laughs> to look forward to then. But so on the just on the cargo oh, yeah. one alone, um, I respected their views on cargo, but they, they were doing a conversation about directors and co-directors and what it actually is when a co-director does. And it's funny because I've always wondered the same thing, too. The only time I've ever gotten a, a like a slight general answer and it wasn't a question I directly asked. I just remember them talking about, you know, the Hughes brothers, they directed like from hell, dead presidents, menace to society, oh, yeah. um, amongst others, book of Eli. Uh, well, they 
were a directing team, one of them would work more with the director of photography for the composition of the shots and, and what we were doing. And the other brother would work with the crew or the cast, excuse me, right? to get Makes from, from the acting standpoint. So that's how they did the co-directing thing. But it's very interesting. I'd really like to interview like a co-directing team and figure out what they did on the show. We I could heard, have yeah, I heard one tonight. yells Ack and the other one yells Shun. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great. Uh, BC's uh, joke was much better. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a good joke, buddy. We could have tonight with all the creatures, right? Yeah, with David and Ian. Ian. Jeez, uh, I'm losing my mind. David and Rebecca McKendry. Yeah. What Our, the hell happened? Rebecca? Yeah, were, were either of them directed it? <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to it shortly. Okay, let's get to this next email. Liz Schmidt, who was also on our Patreon. So thank you, yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. you, Liz. Liz, all right. Thank you. I have to start. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, am, I, am I allowed to say thank you? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please do. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We love you, Liz. Okay, we love all you guys. All right. I have to start by raving about how much I enjoy these podcasts. How well the three of you mesh. You boys, I use boys as a term of endearment, kick ass. As a 39-year-old chick who was raised on horror movies by her father, I enjoy hearing about you watching these films with your own kids. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to contributing to the Patreon. You're all adorable. Love you guys. Love, Liz. P.S. Is Brandon single? Ooh. Yes. Yes, he is. Let's hook it up, baby. (laughs) Do we know where they're from? You're seeing this live on Patreon. Not live, but you're seeing this on Patreon weeks before anybody else is, so... Schmidt. Shoot us a message. Schmidt. Is that Jewish? Schmidt? No. Schmidt? No, that's German. Uh oh. Oh, people. that's perfect. That's what she wants to know. Come to my house. Come to my house. <laughs> come, to my house. <laughs> come to my house. We take a shower together. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you in such a big oven, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shitty. Oh, fuck. That went right down the shit terms. I'm sorry. We're not shockwaves, everybody. However, that's another thing coming to Brandon if he goes over to Liz's house. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't even. That's... I love shockwaves. I just don't love them. Wait, wait. So I want to... Let me ask you a question. I was going to test this out today. What if I'm talking about the movie Horror? And the, main, and the movie's called Horror, and the main character's a horror. Can I refer to her as a horror on that page? <laughs> I don't know. Good question. Uh, I, I guess you can go on I the was going to test post. it out. <laughs> Is it, there is a movie called Whore. Yeah. Is the character called Whore in it? No, but she's a whore. Oh, Actually, she is she's a whore. A whore. <laughs> Don't you? She's a whore. Uh, <laughs> go back to your ready-made whores. That's all you're good for. <laughs> she is a whore. He does voices, but, um, Brandon. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. I don't. They would probably, not they, not everybody. People on that page would probably say, that that is offensive to prostitutes to call them whores because that's the type of vibe that's fucking going on there. Because I basically said when they said don't call the girl and cam girl a slut, which I'm not calling anybody a slut, whatever. That's pot calling kettle. I've been a slut in my days, but whatever. This is just something completely separate from this. But what I said in a thread at that point, I go, well, I go, it's kind of a double-edged sword because if you pay a sex worker enough money, a cam girl, um, you see it in porno all the time if you watch porno, things like that. If you pay them enough money, 
they not only will let you call them sluts, they will call themselves sluts. You watch porno, you watch cam, that you give them money, they take money, they have no problem being called names like that. They do it all the time. Like, oh, you know, I'm not going to get too too deep into what they say, but they'll say, yeah, I'm such a slut. They don't say that. You know what I mean? They say shit in the adult world. And I'm thinking, well, number one, if you give them money, they, they're okay with it. So you're trying to say you should never say it? Or how about a guy that, that's addicted to heroin? I'm not allowed to call him a junkie? And I'm saying that's just fucking, I don't know. Jesus Christ, it was a yes or no answer. <laughs> 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 I'm joking, man. No, it's true though. You're right. You're right. I just In that case, that yes. <laughs> I had to get that out. I'm sorry. It's just like, I mean, if you play with fire, fucking, you're gonna have to expect to get burned. When you do shit, if I go out to fucking Walmart and and go steal a copy of Winchester because I'm not gonna pay because I'm not gonna pay for the fucking thing. <laughs> because of what we said on the previous podcast and I get caught shoplifting guess what you can point your finger at me and say Dave Z is a thief it's true I fucking stole the movie and I got caught that makes me a thief I can't say hey that's offensive that's offensive to um, someone that steals calling me a thief Does but are you, a, are you a slutty thief <laughs> yeah depends on what I stole did I steal a porno maybe I am <laughs> I who's, who's Winchester are we talking about Lexington steals <laughs> Winchester <laughs> Oh shit! If I stole the movie Cam, then you get calling me a slutty thief. How's that? Uh, that's a House of Nine. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it sounds like a porno to me, so I can dig it. Come to the House of Nine, bitch. Inches. You know? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know where that came from. I just wanted to say, a good discussion, dark discussion, dark discussions. Good discussion, dark discussion. <laughs> Okay. Good discussion. Dark discussion. How sweet. Yeah. <laughs> dark meat. N-word meat, as you would say on the fucking show. There was a political context to that. Yes. I think. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to the next email. Title. Speaking of moving on, are you thinking of moving that fucking microphone anymore in your lap? Um, well, all that talk about slots, I had things going on in my lap and I had to move it. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, Richard Tobacco, here we go, <laughs> from Chris Taylor. What's up, guys? I've been a big fan of your show for about a year now, and you've made me laugh out loud several times. However, the biggest laugh of all may have come during the most recent episode. Brandon, Dave, ever seen a creature from the Black Lagoon? Dave, totally serious. What's that? Richard Tobacco? <laughs> I swear to God, I've listened to that part no less than 25 times in the last day <laughs> for the rest of my life. That movie will now be known as Richard Tobacco. <laughs> the only time I laughed hard during your show was when Dave was talking about how we can't eat cereal with milk. And then JP mentioned putting water on it, and Dave said, Ew, gross. And Brandon started laughing so hard, you can barely talk. Thanks for the laughs and keep cranking out kick-ass episodes, Chris. P.S. You should do an episode this year where you discuss older Christmas horror movies. Not deep dives, but short reviews, discussions on several films from the 70s to present times. Well, we're not doing that tonight. I'm sorry. But <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> and it got real quiet in here. Okay. Um. <laughs> Really? Richard Tobacco. It was all comedy, and then I mentioned um, we're not doing that idea. It's not, you know, Christmas horror movies. We've discussed plenty, no? 
Yeah. yeah. And we're discussing one more tonight. And there's a couple new ones that are out, but I don't know. I don't fucking know. But yeah. Thank you, Chris. All right, Eric Webster. Oh, where are you, Eric Webster? Here he is. This is Eric from the Dark Discussions Podcast. I'm going to give you advance warning on this one. I'm going to be going on for a while, so please do not feel obligated to use this on the show. However, uh, on your last episode, I was the one that asked you guys the question of what was the scariest thing that happened to you in real life. Uh, And... uh, your answers were awesome. I couldn't believe how, how long you guys spent on that. It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to share with you guys as well. There's something that happened to me, and I swear to God, I blocked this shit out until I heard Dave's story about letting Bailey out while he was stoned. Because <laughs> uh, I had a very similar incident. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I came back home for Christmas one year, and me and a bunch of the old high school gang got together one night, and we had some beers we had a little weed and I wasn't like staggering or anything, but I had a good buzz on and I came home and I went to bed and I'm laying there in bed on my back and (laughs) this voice right next to my left ear said my name. Like I, like I I almost felt the breath on my ear voice right in my ear said, Eric, I was like, ah, I, I swear to God, I jumped straight up in the air like a cat. Uh, and the voice was like, uh, it was so, it wasn't deep, like super deep, but it was like buttery, holy shit. You know what it sounded like? (laughs) It sounded like the devil at the end of the witch. Yeah. The devil said my name, guys. Holy shit. So I fucking, I jumped out of bed, turned on all the lights and I have a grown man sitting here fucking looking in the closet, checking under the bed for whoever the fuck said my name. There's nobody around. There's, there's, it was, I don't know. I don't know. It was a hallucination, I guess, but oh my God. I I don't even know how long it took me to get to sleep after that. Cause I'm just sitting there. Uh, My bed was pushed up against the wall on one side. So I sat there with my back against the wall, just looking out into the room, waiting for some fucking dude to stick his head up above the edge of my bed. And I was ready to punch him in the face. (laughs) Um, So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're not the only one that's heard a voice when he's stoned, Dave. Okay. Uh, happened to me, too. Okay. Uh, Chris was telling his stories about uh, throwing plasticine at cars. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't throw plasticine at cars because we were normal. We threw snowballs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we also used to raise a bit of mayhem uh, when we were teenagers. Uh, the deal is that my mom, bless her soul, uh, used to sleep like a log. So all my friends would sleep over at my house and we would sneak out in the middle of the night to, uh, to vandalize. My mom would have killed me if she'd ever found out about it. But, uh, so we used to go out and throw snowballs. So me and my buddy, Chris were out one night doing this and we hit this truck and it came squealing to a stop and these guys jumped out. And of course we took off, but we saw, uh, and it, it, I'm not going to discount the possibility. It could have been scared kids not seeing shit in the dark, but it sure looked to us like one of the dudes uh, pulled a gun out of a rack <laughs> on the truck. So we were crapping our pants uh, and we ran away and we were smart when we did this shit because we would go out if it was in the winter, we would go out during the day and just run around the neighborhood to create a bunch of footprints. So if somebody was trying to track us later when we were doing our shit, 
there were multiple sets of footprints and they wouldn't be able to tell where we went. Thank God we did that because it worked in this instance. And these guys couldn't find us. Uh, me and my buddy ended up crawling under somebody's back porch and laying there on our stomachs. And we were there for about five minutes. And I looked over at Chris and made a motion like we should go. And he was like, no, 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 wait. And he was right because we were there for about another 15 minutes. And I, I swear to God, there was not a sound during that time. But after about 15 minutes, like around the corner, we hear one of the guys go, they're gone, man. Come on, let's go. Wow! <laughs> the dude that owned the truck was super pissed and wanted to find us. So thank God we waited that long. Eventually they went away and we, we came out and got home. But uh, uh, hiding under your porch thinking that some guy out there is with a gun uh, trying to hunt you down is, is, is pretty pants shitting. Uh, it that, was a, that was a pretty crazy one. <laughs> and then uh, my answer for the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in real life, and you guys aren't going to believe this, uh, you're gonna think I'm making this shit up, but I swear to God, I'm not making this shit up. Uh, in my neighborhood, there were um, the way the roads uh, were laid out. Uh, this one road came down, curved around, and went to a T intersection, off to the right and left, and there was a cul-de-sac on each one. Um, and the way it was, it curved around to the right. So if you turned right at that T, if you were on that part of the street there was a shortcut you could take and go back through people's yards. And if you cut through the houses in between houses, basically you came into people's backyards, which were back to back with another set of houses, backyards on the next street over. So if you can kind of picture that, uh, me and the same guy, Chris, we're on our way home one night and we're starting to cut through. Uh, we go between the two houses, start to come out into the first set of backyards. And he puts his hand across me and goes, shh, did you hear that? And one of the houses on the next street over facing back towards us, there was one of them had a backlight on. So it was kind of uh, backlighting stuff. And we saw what looked like, <laughs> not fucking making this up guys. We saw what looked like a dog with a man's head <laughs> across that set of backyards, not making a single goddamn sound. <laughs> Just hauling ass across the yards. What the fuck? So like, <laughs> like Freddy, Freddy too. Right. And I turn around and he's gone. <laughs> My buddy totally just left me there to die. Had already turned around and taken off. Um, so I ran after him back onto the street where we came from. And we took the long way home from the streets. But it was just, as we started to get back to my house, uh, we heard something in the bushes uh, over where we were taking the shortcut before. And I swear to God, we did the hundred yard dash in about two seconds flat to get back into my house. Uh, Cause we thought there was a, a dog man thing out there waiting to get us. Uh, it was probably <laughs> just a dog, probably just a trick of the light. But in that moment, holy crap. Uh, it, it was the devil dog. I, <laughs> it's the scariest thing that ever happened to me. It was real at the moment. Uh, it's like 30 years later. And it still gives me the willies thinking about it, even though I know it was probably just a dog. So anyway, I wanted to share with you guys since you shared with me. That's the scariest thing that ever happened to me in real life. Uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. I will talk to you later. Okay. Wow. Great. Oh. Two, awesome. A couple things. <laughs> I meant to correct myself, but we were doing the Friday shows. I kept calling it plaster scene and Eric did enunciate. And I think he was trying to get back and going. I was, I was pronouncing it incorrectly because it is plasticine. 
and you still didn't know what the hell it was but uh i i thought maybe you're joking because i was calling it plaster scene the whole show but you still don't know it's just like another name for play-doh plasticine wow. it's a modeling it's like modeling material yeah you know i i've heard that word before especially in childhood plasticine but i never yeah and we fucking threw snowballs too eric i mean i may live in canada but oh, this was boy. summer or, or like at least spring so no snow to be found dude that fucking that that dog with the man's head I, <laughs> it's it, it's scary but it's also funny you know what i mean <laughs> Like, I wish I could see one. Like, right now, if a dog walked in with a mantle, <laughs> it'd be fucking hysterical. You know what I mean? But if I was outside and I saw it in the dark, I would not know part of it. You know? <laughs> outside the dark is scary, but walking through the front door of your house is okay. I didn't say walking through the front door of my house. I'm just saying right, I'm sitting in this room right now. And if all of a sudden a dog walked down the stairs into this room, I don't know, and just looked at me innocently. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I just you've, seen guy, it uh, you've seen this guy Eric around? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'll tell you what, I wish more people would send in their scary stories like that, like, like Eric did, because that, that, that was a long voicemail, and it was a great voicemail. Yeah, it was. Thanks, Eric. It was awesome. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's that's great shit. I'll tell you what, guys. When we discussed it, then I forgot to tell you. Uh, when you were telling that story, see, it was eerily similar to something that happened to me. Now it's not scary, but it, I was 15 years old, and the very next day I was turning 16. So, <laughs> being the asshole that I am, I told my friend, "Hey, listen, I want to commit one more crime before <laughs> I turn." <laughs> says that <laughs> in life <laughs> i don't know i was bad i was like i'm gonna commit one more crime now while i'm 15 because tomorrow i'm gonna be 16 and i could be tried as an adult but if i do oh, you, something well, now we at least I had till to... 17 we had one more year on you guys no out here it was 16 yeah. and you go to youth court until you turn 16 and the reason i know you go to the youth court it's because I got in trouble for doing some other things, like vandalism wait, and some other. I went before, to court. Okay. I got to interrupt, Brandon. Are you worried that he's he gutted a bum? What? That he gutted a bum? <laughs> he probably did. I'm getting a little I'm worried. A this, is, this is yeah. This is going to be like a a revelation story. <laughs> wait a minute. Did you say got in a bum? Gutted. gutted. Oh, gutted. <laughs> Then you then you got in him and slept in him for the night. <laughs> it's funny he was homeless, but his body is my home. <laughs> a body inside a body. It's yes. horrible, especially this oh. time of year. I feel horrible cracking that fucking joke, but I got to do what I got to do. Sorry. No, don't. Oh, there's a commercial on TV. I'm sorry, Dave. There's a commercial on TV where this waitress takes it. it, it just serves. It's really done really well. They're in a restaurant. She brings a dish up to the the counter, looks back, and then takes a bite of the sandwich that's on the plate. And then it's like Salvation Army. I don't care about the Salvation Army anymore. They piss me off now. I like. I used to donate to them every year around Christmas time, you know. But ever since the last two years, they started coming the day after Halloween instead of the day after Thanksgiving. They're fucking just as bad as anybody else. I won't even pay them attention. They piss me off. Everybody does everything so early for Christmas now. It just bothers me. I'm like, what the fuck? If you would wait, I would pay you more money. But whatever. Salvation Navy. That's what you have to go with now. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the Salvation Reserves. 
I only gave on on alternate weekends. Anyway, I'm sorry, Dave. Nice. Uh, you wanted to crit- I just, no. I'm just really worried that this is going to come back to haunt you. No, 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 okay. no. It's okay. Everything's cool. No, I, I was 15. I said I want to do one more thing. So my friend and I, we went to this hobby shop, and we bought slingshots. But not just regular slingshots. They were like arm slingshots, and they were – you wore them across, like they, they, you gripped them with your fist, of course, and then they went all the way up your arm, like to like your elbow. And you, you, you took these slingshots and you fired BBs with them, you know, like for a BB gun. So this was some fucking serious shit. So I, we went up into my bedroom, out the, out my bedroom window, and started shooting BBs at cars as they went by. <laughs> Dumbasses. Anyway, yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking I was gonna be you know, causing danger to anybody. I'm just going to shoot things in the car and whatever. I, anyway, a guy drives by the house. I get a couple of people, nothing happens. Then I shoot a slingshot at the one guy, and I literally saw the fucking the, the glass shatter in his passenger side. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> then he slammed on his brakes. I'm like, holy shit. So I went downstairs, and this reminded me of your story, see, because I went downstairs, I got my friend. I said, let's leave Right now, let's go out the back door and just get the fuck out and hop the fence and go. You know what I mean? So we to, went to California. <laughs> <laughs> just had to get the fuck out. I was hoping I wasn't going to see my parents coming down the stairs and I was going to somehow get away with it. But I got downstairs. Uh, my mother was in the kitchen. I said something. We walked in the backyard. Somehow she got wind that something was up and the guy had stopped. And he had come out, and, you know, I guess he had a child in the car, and he was freaking the fuck, rightfully so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Flipping the fuck out and everything else. And, of course, I got busted, and it was my final stint in youth court doing community service. But <laughs> I was thinking about that because your, your story was kind of similar in, in a way. You know, the, the yeah. guy got hit, and he was chasing you, and it was scary, and I was kind of, you know. I really thought this story was going to take a darker turn, and <laughs> you and your friend gutted him and his child and slept inside them that night. <laughs> Or you walked oh, around in their skin, like with their skin suits, yeah, and did like even more crimes <laughs> as I them. Yeah, dude, no, because as soon as I reached stage of sixteen, all that shit stopped. Shit, it's eleven fifty nine. He's pulling off the skin suit. It's eleven fifty nine. Oh shit, it's midnight. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh, man. God damn the skin suit. <laughs> Something else happened. Uh, it's only good because Brandon just, like, just brought it the skin suit back, and it's funny <laughs> for some reason. It's so fucking haunting, yet it's yeah, funny. Skin suit. Skin suit. <laughs> like you're Frank or like uh, from Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, Ghoulie Muppet. <laughs> Get this day. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Listen to what happened the other night, though. and It's because of this show. Remember how when we did Freddy vs. Jason, I was talking about the water, and I was saying people complain about him being afraid of water. I said, hey, well, it's just a dream. I'm not afraid of airplanes, but I have nightmares about airplanes sometimes, right? Yep. Anyway, listen to what happened. I think because I told that story, this happened to me the other night. I used to have nightmares all the time when I went to bed, especially if I went to bed at an odd time, like if I tried to take a nap in the afternoon because my body rejects it. I used to have these dreams over and over again. Or I had to pull myself out of the dream or else I was going to die. Uh, so I would dream. Bad things would happen. I'm like, oh, get out, get out, get out, get out. You're going to die. And I would pull myself out. <laughs> and, I, and I would wake up. 
and then I would go back to bed, and this would happen, it, and, and I, so I would just stop falling asleep. I was like, okay, I got to do something else and try to go back to bed later. If I keep doing it now, it's going to be a problem. This was a recurring thing with me, mostly through my 20s and a little bit in my 30s, and it hasn't happened in a while. Now, the other night, I was getting ready to go, go to bed at my normal time, and I'm going to bed, and I have a fucking, I have a bad dream of uh, uh, being on a plane that's going to crash, and I pull myself out of it. Like, okay, went back to bed. It happened again, and I was looking at my light bulb in my in my bedroom, and the light bulb looked like the nose of an airplane. And it, <laughs> it freaked me out, all right? Then I went back to sleep again, and it happened again, and I pulled myself out a third time, and I have a shadow on my ceiling, and the shadow is like a bar. Um, what's that shit called? I guess it's a bar where you hang your drapes from over your window. Either way, the, the shadow from that bar was going across my ceiling, and that was in the shape of an airplane. It fucking just scared the shit out of me, and it kept happening for like three or four times. And it's just weird that I just... <laughs> <laughs> the last time I pulled Kincaid out, and Freddy's fedora. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask, is you pull his brown hat out. <laughs> and I said, Freddy's back! <laughs> and then I said, Shelly's dead! <laughs> Okay. What a night. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, well, let's move on. Holy fuck this show. People that are listening to us for the first time. Yeah, yeah just I hope this is not a first time listen for anybody. They just might hate it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Here's the Ram Man. Aha. This is a good one. Abraham Ram. What's up, guys? Hope all is well. I wanted to get your thoughts on two shows The Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Both showed us how horrible, so called respectable people could be. I feel that both shows still hold up surprisingly well, and I wanted to know if you guys were a fan of either show. Also, I wanted to know, if you could bring back Rod Serling or Alfred Hitchcock, who would you choose, and what would you ask them? Best regards, the Ram Man. You guys go first. You know what? I Twilight Zone scared the shit out of me as a kid. Somehow, I was able to watch Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I mean, the more, I think, the when it came back. I don't know if it, these were the originals, but it came back. It had, I think, it had a uh, like a remake, so to speak, in the eighties, later eighties, yeah, mid to late eighties, yep. and that's when I was watching it. So I will give the the nod to Alfred Hitchcock Presents only because I think I've seen more episodes of that. However, Twilight Zone, the music is fucking scary. It always yeah, I'm, the, me I'm the opposite. I actually own like the first four seasons of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And uh, those were the originals. And I've, I've gone through a bunch of them. I haven't seen them all, but they are terrific. But Twilight Zone is by far one of my favorite series. I just recently went through all 156 episodes. What? Yeah. You didn't tell me that? Holy fuck. Yeah, this, this, okay. year, this year I went through them all. Wow. Yeah, I, that's, that's one of my favorite shows. So if I could bring anyone back, I'd bring Rob, Rob, Ser, Rob Serling back. Rob oh, Serling. Wow. I bring... Hitchcock back, no question. I bring Serling back. Well, I'll tell you what. Ram Man probably knows this about me, that I fucking, The Twilight Zone is my favorite show ever. So I, <laughs> I've seen them all. I've owned them in every format. I've owned them uh, in all VHS, all DVD, all blue. I love the show. I'm, AK. I'm kind of, AK? AK. 47? Yeah. Not AK. Um, 8K. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No Ks yet. Um, infatuated with it. I think it's amazing. I think fucking Rod Serling, like if I make a list of like my top five people ever, like he's on there, you know what I mean? So I'm fucking, 
Brilliant. And not just him. I mean, it was his concept, but, you know, uh, Richard Matheson and, and Charles Beaumont and everybody else that worked on the show and the actors and everything. I'm just, I'm real geeky about that show. I mean, I would totally, I wish I could do a, a good podcast about it, but that's just more work and, you know, that's a whole other thing. But uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, I love that show as well. Haven't seen nearly as many as, as I've seen Twilight Zones. I, I, I have them on DVD. I also have the Hitchcock Hour on DVD. I do have a lot of stuff. I love Hitchcock as well. If I could bring either one of them back, though, I would ordinarily say Serling because of how much I fucking love the guy. But the question says you can ask them something. So you're not just bringing them back so they could do more work. If you're bringing them back just to do more work, it'd be Serling. But if you could bring someone back to actually talk to them, I would bring back Alfred Hitchcock just so I can ask him who was it that decided to say when they made Psycho, <laughs> I gotta know. Yeah. Well, I there's so much I would love to sit down and just see, you know, if it, he was able. It to... was Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> it sure as fuck looked like him. <laughs> I want to know, like, what do you would think of the what happened, the Psycho Legacy, like what became of Psycho? So did he be able to sit down and watch two, three, four, the Base Motel show, and just get his viewpoints on that? And if you got a crash course in modern horror, uh, just to see what became of horror from the 70s to now and just get his view. Because he was not really horror. He's more thriller. I think Rod Rod Serling could give a great uh, dissertation. Great dissertation on that as well. (laughs) I think you're right. You're right. But I I just because of I'm such a Hitchcock fan. I don't think either one would be happy with the. I don't think either one would be thrilled with the state of horror. I don't know. I don't know. Or the, prog- I, or the progression of it, anyway. There's just so much more product now that it's easy to be dismissive because you could, you could group a bunch of things uh, together as trash or garbage or, or whatever you would call it. But ultimately, think of what we've experienced. Like Dave's saying, this is probably one of the best years. It's going to be his hardest year to come up with a solid top 10. And we're doing a top 18, right? <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I think they might like it. I mean, it's hard to say. Boy, there's so much to choose from now. I don't even know what they would think. There's just so many different That's avenues. Right. So much so much content now that you just... Oh. You don't have to watch Discord Service 2 if you don't want to. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to watch shit horror. There's so much good horror out there, you know? And there's, there's so many resources now to do homework before you've even seen a movie to know if you're going to have interest in it. Like I do. Like I have my, you know, my methods to before I watch a film. So I mean, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. But thanks, thanks, Ram Man, as always. Okay, this is a funny one. Um, from the keeper of the old gods. He wants to know how do I start a podcast. So, <laughs> all right, hello friends. I'm wanting to start doing my own podcast. It's going to be about cryptids and the supernatural, as all that stuff has fascinated me my entire life, and I find it a blast to research. I also really enjoy horror movies and movie monsters, and I want to do segments on that stuff as well. My question, however, is what do I need to properly start a podcast? I have zero experience in the matter. I would like to hear from people who have been doing it for a long while and hopefully can get some advice from you all. I'm mostly worried about the day-to-day stuff and if there's any type of legal stuff I need, like any licenses and all that, or if I can just grab a mic and start talking away immediately. I don't want to start and accidentally get reamed by the government because I was unknowingly doing illegal shit. Uh, I would Where's completely he, understand. You know, <laughs> maybe he is. Yeah, fuck. Who knows? What's his name? The keeper of the seven keys? Or the keeper yeah. of the old gods? Okay. I mean, who knows? So, 
seven kids. I know. <laughs> I, I will completely understand if you don't respond to this. And honestly, I don't expect you to. Well, you don't know us very well. You are all extremely busy people. I have been a huge <laughs> fan of the podcast, and you are one of my main reasons for doing this. I listen to your stuff at night while I'm working, and have re-listened to like all of the episodes at least twice. So I hope that you can help me in my endeavors to break into the world of podcasting. Thanks. Sincerely, one goofy son of a bitch, also known as Robert. Thanks, oh, Robert. Yeah, man, Next email. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to answer it. No, that's fucking awesome. And, you know, it's funny that I worried about all that legal shit, too. But I was doing TGIF 13. I'm like, holy shit, am I going to get sued? Because the movie, the music's playing in the background, and the movie's playing out, and uh, and I'm talking about Jason Story and everything else and going in, into detail and, and whatever. And I, I wrote to, I figured, fuck, I'm going to try to reach out to them. Never got a response. No one gave a fuck. No one cares. So from a legality standpoint, don't use, like, people use copyright music all the time. Uh, if you're going to monetize the show, it could, you might be run into, you might run into some problems. But if you're just doing it for fun, for you and for an audience, uh, like, I would still recommend try not to use copyright music. But I've listened to a ton of podcasts that just do it all the time. But that would be the one thing that if you could avoid it, avoid that um, you sound like you know what you want to do from a content standpoint with the research and everything like that i really it's a microphone and recording software two turntables and a microphone where it's yep. at <laughs> yeah, nice. got two turntables and a microphone i'm not a co-host <laughs> well or you could do the the old uh, watcherino and listen to horror quarter <laughs> and see what a mega produced show is like uh that takes a lot of time though a Don't lot do of time. Don't uh, fucking do it. If you right, really a good microphone, a good recording system, and a good idea and a good voice is key. And edit, 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 edit your fucking podcast. Edit, yes, sound professional. If you want to be professional, at least sound professional. At least you know the sound of your show. I'm not saying what comes out of your mouth has to be professional. Obviously, we don't, but. The show sounds professional. If you're going to you know? be impotent, you better look impotent. <laughs> Coming from B. <laughs> <You're> gonna... So, <laughs> <laughs> But be careful about YouTube. If you put on YouTube, you'll get pinched for fucking copyright infringement there. Some That's people what... like to be pinched. And yeah, if you have and... questions, reach out to us. Uh, you can message us as well. Uh, yeah, we'll I have no problem there. sharing information. We, I was doing right. that with a, a few people that started up shows as well, and they reached out to a bunch of different podcasters, and, and uh, everybody's a wealth of information. That's one good thing about podcasters. And if you're not getting it from other podcasters, definitely the podcasters on the Horophilia Network and Legion Network. They definitely will uh, help you out. Yep. Amen. Yep. Just get on there and do your thing and have some fun, and don't sweat nothing, man. Just Just sound decent. Take time. Take a little time and... Don't worry about nothing. Just be yourself. That's it. All right. And again, listen to Brandon's solo cast too. And... <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't do solo cast. Don't fucking do no, it. No, you could do a solo it. cast, but then listen to all of them because the, the thing is, you could go crazy from it. You got to let it, you just got to let it go. Well, that's why I suggested a co host, unless he wants to just do it solo. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's I, just, I just, for me, it's personally more fun to have somebody there to bounce ideas and jokes off of. Oh, for sure. Everyone, nobody lasts doing solo. It's yeah. hard. Everyone I know that's done solo, 
they never last more than a couple of years. Or like Watson now, he's spacing his things out. And he, you know, he's bringing his son on there and doing other things. It's hard to do, man. He's it, not solo it, it, anymore. <laughs> not, yeah, he's not. Uh, half the time, he's not. It's a lot of work. But anyway, do what you want to do. And if you want any other advice, send it. Send it in to the email. We won't read it on the show. It'll just be between us. So that's good. Happy to help. Okay, Scott Allen has come back again to talk about Halloween and Friday franchises. The yeah. franchise or just our beautiful, beautiful retros of said franchises? Well, only one way to find out. All right. Stephen <laughs> Hawking's him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, fellas. After listening to your review, both franchises, are there things from each franchise or certain installments that you would have liked to see in the other? For example, certain themes, plot twists, etc., each borrowed from the other through the years' sequels, as Davis pointed out several times. Just curious if you think either franchise could have done certain things the other did that would have made it better. Does that make sense? I can't wait to revisit all the Fridays again in particular with all your perspectives and insights in mind. Your Halloween retrospective was amazing. The Friday the 13th installments were even better. I was making love when I heard it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I think that was a problem. They were born from each other so often. We just said be your own fucking franchise. Stop. They shouldn't have been dead. Yeah. They shouldn't have been borrowing from each other. They should have been borrowing from themselves from the earlier successes of the franchises. I mean, the, well the downfall of all the three main franchises, I think, was the freaking family element. Thank you. There, well, there's more downfall that you could attribute to Friday. And, and like Halloween is multiple timelines. You know, that could be some people like that. Some people are like, well, there's. It's it's fucked, you know. A nightmare goes right, pretty much right down the shit tubes of overexposing Freddy, almost right, you know, three movies in, almost. He is a pedophile, though. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that he overexposes himself. Uh, we got it. I I got it right out of the gate. Obviously, Dave over here needed the. the <laughs> <one> need too. <laughs> yeah, I did. I needed it. So, but yeah, yeah, that family element being wedged into all three of those franchises is just bullshit. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Fuck family. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't fuck. mean fuck family in real life. Fuck family in film. You know, fuck that shit. Oh, we don't man. want just be a killer and kill and keep, killer keep, kill. Yeah, keep family out of it, man. That's that's what I got. That is the last of the emails. We've done, we've done it. We did it. Yes. We've caught up. I guess we should take a quick break, come back, do our review, a couple more things, and we'd be out. So see you on the flips. We interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcasts to bring you a message from us, the Postmortem Show with Dom and JD. For over two years, we've brought you movie reviews, top five lists, interviews with filmmakers like Stephen Byro, Dorian Weinzimmer, and even Leslie Vernon himself, Nathan Basil. And this ain't your daddy's podcast here at the Postmortem Show. We get a little dark. We get a little crude. That's right. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, www.postmortemshow.com. Or, you know, you could not check it out and your life will be empty. (laughs) As the great H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. 
Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. We're back, just like that. This is holiday time, so we're going to do a holiday movie. Take it away, B. All right. Our feature film, 2018's All the Creatures Were Stirring, written and directed by David Ian McKendry and Rebecca McKendry. When an awkward date on Christmas Eve leads a couple into a strange theater, they're treated to a bizarre and frightening collection of Christmas stories, featuring a wide ensemble of characters doing their best to avoid the horrors of the holidays. From boring office parties and last-minute shopping to vengeful stalkers and immortal demons, there's plenty out there to fear this holiday season. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, five, uh, and a um, five and uh, and a reach around and, and a reach around <laughs> and yeah, and to all a good night. Yeah, it would be the sixth. Okay, I'll tell you what. The first one. The first one was called The Stockings Were Hung. Um, well, I consider the first one really All the Creatures Were Stirring, which is them going into the theater. Oh, wow. Look at this fucking big shot. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> You're which, right. Is, which to me is the weakest part of the story. Our two main characters, Max and Jenna, who are both orphans on Christmas and decides mm-hmm. it's better to be with someone than to be completely alone on Christmas and decide to meet up and go out for a night of, like, experimental theater, I guess you would call it. Yeah, you okay. definitely call it that. <laughs> it's not weak until the end, when it's unresolved. I don't think that it, it's... No, no, but no, they go, they go back to it, you know, through the intermissions of each story and stuff like that, but it never really leads anywhere, and that's why I say it's, it's a weak... It ultimately results in a weak wraparound. Where it's not weak are some of the stories it, itself. And then once they sit down in the theater... That's when you get to your first story. The stockings were hung. Yes, which they, which it should have been called. The stockings were hung because they, that's how I felt when it ended. Well, <laughs> I, I thought of the, I like that the whole way through because nothing seems to have a resolution. If that's the common theme throughout, maybe that's what they're going for because there's really or the resolution's weak. Yeah, I felt like the resolutions were incomplete because I actually felt like maybe they were setting it up for it all to come to a head at the end yeah, like and, the, and it didn't and it didn't yeah, yeah which was right. a disappointment like the minute that that first story the stockings were hung where they're they're basically doing a secret santa somebody's holding them hostage and some of these gifts can kill them and some of these gifts can save them and it mayhem's breaking it almost felt like a a scaled down version of belco experiment or something well th- that's exactly what the first one felt like but then it seemed like there was an editing faux pas like i don't know what the fuck i, I think that's what david's saying they they're about to do something. Then there's a girl in a gas mask, and then there's a the cleaner in the gas mask, and then that girl goes out and she walks away, and that's the end of the the the, the script. Or the yeah, the, I think the yeah. implication is they see the gas mask, they know they're all being gas, they all fight for it. The one girl ends up with it, and she walks out of there, and she's walking out of there still holding that ornament. 
And I thought to myself, oh, that ornament's going to mean something, especially since the cover art for this is that broken ornament with, like, mm. a creature in it stirring. Well, I feel, <laughs> I feel in this it game... Is. He's stirring in there. Did he have a spoon? <laughs> yeah, he's, stir he's stirring cocktails. <laughs> it is some cool cover art, though. Yeah. Cover art was decent, and the production value for a low-budget movie is decent. Like, it looks good but in this day and age it kind of should look good when you could get 4k images on your fucking smartphone and this is why it blows my mind that there's some movies out there that just look like a pile of shit still because they shouldn't because of what we have yeah. at our fingertips now so a movie should look good uh the acting is all they over had the some place good cast members they had some yeah but they had yeah. some they had some name actors in here well then that should have it should have been people. better then I kept going ho hum ho hum, and the movie's a fucking buck fifteen. It's an hour and fifteen minutes before end of credits, and I I texted you guys this. It feels way longer. This movie drags, and there's five fucking stories in a reach around or whatever we're talking about. I thought this movie dragged. And well, I thought that there should have been less stories and more focus. I liked the first story. I just felt like they rushed through it way too quickly. And you're right, the editing was a little wonky at times because you'd see like. One character standing there, then the next minute he's on the other side of the door tied up, and it just it just didn't seem to make much sense. Don't get me and started just... with the split screen. Like, Brian De Palma should be the only one allowed to do split screen nowadays, <laughs> in, my, in my humble opinion. I mean, it was just ludicrous. I'm looking at it, I'm like, no. Well, I mean, they tried it, but it just didn't work. Didn't work well, for I, me. Well, at least they tried to establish these characters and then reveal secrets about them. And it, I it, didn't you know, get it. Tried, well, you know, they're all, you know, kind of backstabbers you know looking for promotions oh we should have fired this guy the one girl sleeping yeah. with the other guy it's yeah, but like... so what okay let me let me let me say something about that in a relationship why so we see jocelyn donahue's character in a picture making out with some other guy and then they open a card and she's moaning now <laughs> okay the one guy apparently has some type of crush on her but why did the other guy get so mad at him he wasn't dating her, so she was fooling around with some other guy. So why would A lead to B, and why would the guy kill himself over it? I have no idea. Okay, that's what I thought. Why did the guy kill himself? I maybe if it was his girlfriend and he found out she was cheating, maybe? But, I mean, it I didn't know. seem like we it need, was We needed a slit throat. We needed our first slit throat very early. And I'm fine with it, but it just didn't make any sense, and the fucking ending didn't make any sense. Everything else about the first story, I was okay with. I love the idea of the Christmas game, even the, the game before she got out of hand. I love to play that game. When when you go and you get presents and you open them up and, um, you know, you can someone steal. else— yeah, someone yeah. else wants your present, they could steal it. No, we I do that We do that work. Fun. We didn't do it this year. We did it last year at work. It is awesome. fun. It's, it's yeah. fun for That's two minutes. That's fun. And it's, it's also great for two minutes. Oh, there's and, like fucking 50, 60 staff members. You're like, you steal my fucking gift again, I'm going to punch you through the fucking window. <laughs> well, the rule should be you could only be stolen from once. I'll wear your fucking skin suit. If you yeah. yeah. I'm going to nice. gut you with this fucking Ginsu knife I just won. <laughs> Ginsu. Oh, That's like a fucking 80s reference. It sure as fuck is. And I totally know what you were talking about. Of course. Oh. I had the Ginsu. I almost killed somebody once with a fucking a giant Ginsu. But he was 16. <laughs> Oh, the big one? No, this was the one time I wasn't. I was older. I was in my 20s. The one my time brother, you weren't 16. Dude, listen, well, the one time I was going to almost commit a crime. I was drinking and smoking and everything else. And long story short, these guys came to my outside of my house. 
and they fucking smashed my brother's. Uh, they did something on his car, and they smashed his fucking <laughs> window. They did some shit, and I fucking lost it and went out. And I was literally walking the streets. It was summertime, so it was easy to. I was walking the streets, fucking with a, a giant Ginsu knife, looking for this motherfucker because I was gonna stab him. I was really enraged. But anyway, that was a long time. <laughs> uh, uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> I was enraged. I, I, I mean, I have sure nothing else for the man. first the first sketch. I just felt we get this set up. It turns and it just goes a little bit batshit crazy. There doesn't seem to be any resolution and it's over. Yeah, you never find out who it is that's doing it. I mean, you I assume it's a disgruntled employee, but it could have been better. But I loved, like, I like the setup. I feel like this this whole film is a is a um, kind of a, a mix of uh, missed opportunities. I agree, but I do like the present that opened and the fucking gunshot to the guy's head. That yeah, was a really that, was, that was yeah, that was a good. That thing. was great. That was yeah. fucking great. Because yep. you're like, what but the fuck's was... going on? But then they and then they, that's where they rushed it. It just yep. rushed so much. They could have easily lost two segments and focused on this longer. Absolutely, this should have been this should have been four segments max. Yep, I I agree. I don't. There was I had too many questions with that first one, and now it ended abruptly, and all of a sudden things are going, and we see two guys in gas masks. Like, okay, these people are in on it. So what? Then it cuts, and next thing you know, one of the people is wearing a gas mask, and they walk out. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. It it, it felt like the game just fell apart, and they just all fought for the gas mask, and eventually just the one girl got out. I it 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 fell apart very quickly, but the setup for it was something that I enjoyed. I would have liked to have seen it actually play out over the course of like a 25-minute story, not, a, not an eight-minute story. You know what this reminds me of? And it's another one. It's an anthology. It's called Tales of Halloween. I watched Tales of Halloween the first year it came out and really enjoyed it. Well, I watched it again this past Halloween, and I talked about this on Patreon, and I was very underwhelmed. Every story to me, nothing was bad. But nothing was better than good. Everything yeah. was okay to good. That's the way I put it. And you know, that was it. They weren't resolved right all the time. They were just yeah. there. I well, there's a lot of them like. too there. Though. Yeah, I only saw Tales for, Tales of Halloween once, and I remember being underwhelmed for that exact reason. I don't like when anthologies try to pack too many stories in. See, and Even I, when you I look at like the too. ABCs of Death, it's it's only a few that are good. True. Uh, well, we could talk about Tales from Halloween. I, in fact, yeah. I'd probably prefer to talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit more to grasp onto there for that yep. for that one. And this this one, I think the second segment is my favorite. If that's the one with the van, that Me is too. that yeah. is my favorite that's as the well. Favorite. And yep. I, I I've spoken to uh, yep. Moods and, and JP, and that's their favorite as well. Yep. And it's a really well developed short. Yeah, that that one that one is great. Good performances. Good special effects. I didn't need the I didn't need the glow ring, really personally. But oh, it worked. True. But it worked. I, I'm not gonna, I I'm not gonna I'm nitpicking at this point. It worked right. for the movie. The gore effects were good as well. It was scary and intriguing because you're like these girls are from a cult. Like I liked how they you and had you guessing at what the fuck's going to be going on here, and you felt yeah. bad for the guy because he was actually trying to help. Yep. <laughs> You do. It was good. I wish it would have opened. I wish it. The problem with this film is that you never want to start off your film with where the first one ends and you're scratching your head. You always want to start off an anthology strong. And I wish 
They would have switched it around. I'm not saying this one had to be. Matter of fact, this one could have been the fucking finale because I think it's the best one. Sometimes you want to yeah. save the best for the last, too. But this one's called Dash Away All. And sorry. The only thing I like, I like the creature effect. Is did you already say the, the title? No, no. I I just feel like I just jumped into it without even introducing oh, no. it. Really. No, that's fine. No, we're just trying to breeze through it. Um, the only thing that was weird. I really enjoyed everything about it. There was suspense. The story was good. And when we when we find out what we find out, it's cool. And having to keep the creature at bay and all that, I, I totally dig it. And I don't care if there's no explanation. Like, well, he even said, well, why? And she goes, I don't know. But this is the way. That, of course, it's because of the day they were born. My only problem, and this is a nitpick, was the convenience of one, two, three people together that had the same birthday. But they said it took three years to come to this point right but how did the first two even get together so the first two just happened to be somewhere and when it happened and they happened to be together when it happened because they were both married to it and I, then, took, I took it that the first two were just friends that happened to you know link up with this evil in the first place oh i agree with that it's just yeah. odd that they both had the same birthday and they both did and then that they just happened to bump into somebody on that particular eve that also had why would they even think in their wildest dreams that they if you go to the mall and sit in the parking lot you're bound to meet someone that has a birthday the next day. <laughs> well, I also, my biggest thing was I hated how he was coming out Christmas Eve from a mall to an empty parking lot filled with True. things that were close. <laughs> I thought they could have done that better. Like, it could have been, like, really busy, and then he gets there, and then before you know it, cars are leaving, and then he's there, and there's the van, and he realizes he's locked out. I just thought it was, that was convenience, and yeah. I thought that could have been introduced better. For sure, but they couldn't afford any extra cars. But uh, that's that's nitpick. His performance, the guy who played Eric, was was very good, very heartfelt. Yeah, like they I were felt all good. bad the the way the way it played out and all. And it's kind of it made for probably the strongest story and the one that I would have liked to have seen as a feature length, because he, you know he, he could have been tethered to this evil. And then let's see where the story goes years down the road. He's got a young child at home. He's got a wife. He can't go home. But He's not going to bring this evil around his family. You're you're right, and here's and that's why I liked how the girl was like saw the gifts in the back and was like, "Where's your address?" Because she wanted yeah. to drop off the shit for him. Knew that he was going to be in for a shit day. <laughs> but every story here felt like I've been there, done that. We've seen it all before. That's the other nit, not, not nitpick. That's the other fault of the film because I remember, and I believe it was a Christmas horror story. That we reviewed on episode two. Yes. That they had that little fucking midgety guy, crazy guy that oh, yeah. stuck with. Or no, am I thinking of a, is that from Tales of Halloween? Or one of know. them. It's, there's you a guy right. that latches onto them and, and they have to get yep. rid of them. They switch places with their son. Yeah, it's one of those anthologies. It's either Tales of Halloween. And it was is. A, it's, it's, it's I think crazy. it happens in both, actually. I think there's a guy with candy that does it. And I think Are you talking that, about the one with the tree? Yeah, yeah, that's what he's talking that's, about. That's, that's Christmas. Christmas. That's Christmas. But that's one. that was the one I was thinking of. But then I, I think yep. I was confusing it with something else from one of the the Halloween anthologies. But anyway, again, latched on, can't get rid of. I thought yeah. of it immediately. True. I didn't even think about that. I'll be honest. But now that you brought it up, but this is still the standout. We can all agree on that. Definitely. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, let's go on to the next one. All through the house. <laughs> the funniest moment of the entire thing is in this one as far as i'm concerned I, <laughs> there were two moments in this film that i burst out laughing and this was one of them when the guy is fucking all of a sudden snorting tinsel <laughs> 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 
what is that's this? um oh man what's his name the actor's name is jonathan oh, is kite it? jonathan kite who was okay. on the tv show two broke girls he happens to be a very funny guy and if you ever get a chance look look up like youtube videos of him doing impressions he does amazing impressions really he's a really talented guy yeah there were there were people throughout this cast that are super talented and super successful way beyond this movie oh for yeah. sure yeah well this one was okay this one was I like it better than the first one, not as much as the second, but this is the guy he hates Christmas basically, yeah. and uh, his neighbor across the tree is in love with Christmas, and this guy is he's, you know, th that that's basically what it's about. He's trying to spread Christmas. It cheer goes nowhere again. It goes nowhere, but the, <laughs> the but the shit that happens to him, with you know with a play on fucking um a Christmas Carol. I was okay with it. I mean, we've seen it a million times, but I got some laughs out of it. It didn't really overstay its welcome. It kind of had a decent resolution. I like when the people were on the screen interacting with him. It was kind of cool. Nothing amazing, but I don't hate the time I spent. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was comical. I definitely laughed at this one. I like uh, I, I like the fact that at the end he's all of a sudden in love with Christmas, and you find out that the other guy really just fucking hates it. He was yeah. out collecting for his son. He's like, fuck, I hate I this holiday. I, I thought that was a cop-out. I thought the guy that you're talking about, Brandon, was great. I thought he was he was good, but the material sucked. And I didn't think that it was... I was just kind of bored with the whole that whole segment. Yeah. I was just yeah. excited to see him because I hadn't seen him in a while. So, the actor. So I had fun with it. I don't think it overstayed its welcome. I think if it would have been longer... I would have gotten tired of it quick, but it seemed to me like. But they made it. They made it seem out. like it was going to be a take on um, what is it? A Christmas story where they're visited by three ghosts. Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Carol. Sorry, yeah. Christmas Carol. But they, then they didn't really do anything with the ghosts. They had three ghosts sort of like appear that looked like almost like staticky, like radio ghosts. Well, they kind of did do. It. I, I will give you that. They didn't do it in your face, but there was um, a past, present, and future, which were the three ghosts in a Christmas Carol. They showed him in the past when he was a kid, you know. Yes. And then they yes. showed the present, and they showed what, what could have been his future, dead. You know what I mean? So they did do it, but uh, if you're not looking for it, they kind of done it. They kind of did it just in you know in quick fashion, you know. Yeah, you're right. No, but they did do it. You're right. Just quickly, you know what yeah. I mean? So if you, it is what it is. I don't know. Again, I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was it was okay. At least there was a little bit of a resolution at the end. You got anything else? No. No. All right. The this next is... one is fucked up. They, they could have just taken this one out. A road uh, such a clatter. See, yeah. yeah. I I don't even know the name. I don't even know what this one is. I, yeah, I watched this movie the, yesterday. This one with the guy who hits Blitzen. Yeah, hits Blitzen oh, and gets... Brutal. Horrible. Dude, the, the budget, part... they didn't have the budget for this, is what I figure. Because of the way they the shot. Really, this is when the film really went downhill. Because right before you get to that story, you get the intermission. And again, this Max guy, he's sort of like, he's, he's always running out and taking phone calls. You see his stomach's bothering him for some reason. You don't know what the hell's going on. And then they go right into this story. And it's like a two-second story yep. about a guy who hits a deer. And I think the guy's name is Guy. Unless the it woman, the, yeah, because she's cause she's like, hey, guy. I'm like, yeah. does she not know his name either? <laughs> no, his name is Guy. Guy, like Guy Pierce. I hated the effects. No, one thing I liked when he hit the deer and it was bloody across the uh, headlight, and he he came in the frame and it cast a red light on him. Yeah, I thought that was fucking cool. It was That's cool. it. The one thing. Everything else, the way they shot it, uh, the the outcome, brutal. It's yeah. stupid. Once it got back to the house, it was stupid. The the, the, the scene of him getting gored by the antlers. It looks like he's just like pulling them towards him. Oh. <laughs> 
it looks so bad. And did yeah. you, you know, I knew I recognized that redheaded girl, and I looked her up. She was in, uh, she was one of the uh, victims in. I was going to say one of the prostitutes, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. On our show, from, you can say whatever you want. Uh, from the Maniac remake. On this show, you can. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, not, not the, not the girl from the beginning. What do you Is mean? it the, the Goodbye Horses girl? Well, she wasn't a prostitute. She was just the girl that she met online. You said the Maniac remake, correct? Yeah, the one he chokes, the redhead who he chokes with all the tattoos. Yeah, that's her. She was, yeah, the girl that he met on, yeah, Goodbye Horses. Remember, she dances the Goodbye Horses. Yes. The first yes. girl. Who, that was her. Yeah. Wow, she was so pretty a maniac. I didn't even pick up on it. Wow, no shit. Interesting. Wow, damn. I'm surprised. The best part of that whole thing was when it was over and they go to the stage and you know how the stage actors are there? And the, yeah. the stage actors goring the other guy with the antlers going, uh, uh, uh. See, I didn't find it funny because I just thought this was a weak connection to the stage actors to see these things play out. So I was not having it. I wasn't really having any fun with this. I was just like, okay, let's get it going. And then I was more insulted because of the ending. Like it just didn't well, yeah, have a I payoff. Mean, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be funny. I wasn't laughing at it. Why they yeah. had that guy doing that? Just I don't know. It just was ridiculous. Like I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not. Well, I guess it kind of is. I don't know. I just <laughs> it's funny. Uh, uh, uh. He was going to the head fucking streamers, fucking red <laughs> antlers. I don't know. It was fucked up. All right, let's, let's go to the next one. This one I kind of like. This is this is probably the second best one. In a twinkling. In a twinkling. Weird, but cool. Kind of Remind a me. I don't remember Very a fucking thing about it. This is the one where the guy's going to chain himself up for Christmas Eve. And he's not going to spend it with his girlfriend and her friends, and then they show up. Yes. You're right. You guys are right. The guy has a fucking Charmy Jarvis chain. So he was able to buy one too, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) First thing I thought of was... He's been doing this for 10 years, though. The fucking poor bastard. But why was he trying to chain himself? It was going to happen anyway. Oh. At first, they made it look like he was going to be a werewolf. That's yeah, what I, thought. yeah. I, I, I don't understand why moon? he had a chain. Like, why he couldn't just stay in the house and lock the front door. Meanwhile, she... What's so bad about hanging out with those people and just in, in, in doing what they did at the end? You indulge them, or you not indulge isn't the word I'm looking for. Encourage. Um, what's the word? Patronize? No, it'll come to me later. Uh, either way, you, you let these people in your house, you do your thing, you, you go through the motions of them, and they're gone. Why is that such a fucking big It didn't deal? seem like such a bad holiday that they had. No. And it, it seemed like the the whole idea was that once the girlfriend showed up and shared in the experience that he'd been dealing with for, for 10 plus years, that it that it almost came to a, a nice ending, that that the conclusion was, was made. That yeah. The, that the aliens actually found what they were looking for because they were like, I don't know, there was like this whole dream hallucinatory state where it seemed like they were all like trapped in like a television world of of christmas ideal it was twilight zone it was yeah, that, to it me was. it was definitely twilight zone there was even a part when they did a musical cue when they did a twilight zone thing and it just mm. it happened really quick and it left and it was black and white and they yeah. said in a twinkling you know twinkling twilight i think that this was again like i said earlier i'm kind of obsessed with the twilight zone but that's what i saw it as kind of a of a nod to the Twilight Zone. And the way it ended was kind of like a Twilight Zone. You gave these people what they wanted, and you know what? It didn't end up being so bad. They they moved on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. And it this also little... has another strong performance. Uh, the girl who plays the girlfriend, Constance Wu, is 
a, yeah. hu- a huge actress now. I mean, she's got a hit TV show. She was just in Crazy Rich Asians, which made $250 million. So she's she's a huge star now. So you won't be seeing her and stuff like this anymore. <laughs> See, I've been seeing that sign that says Crazy Rich Asians outside of uh, Family Video. And I, I have a question. Are they people that are crazy and rich and they happen to be Asian? Or is it the expression that they're crazy rich, like they have a bunch of money? That's what bothers me when I see that. Do you know? Did they're you crazy see rich. Like okay, they have. They have lot, they're, yeah. they're they're fucking loaded. Yeah, they're not insane. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was a horror movie. I just when I see crazy rich Asians, I see titles sometimes, and I don't know what the meaning is, and I have to, you know, get to the bottom of it without watching it. So okay. <laughs> so um, but I it was fun. I mean, nothing was necessarily resolved, but it was fucking trippy. When they were talking, they were they kept doing that stutter thing with the editing and this and that, and it was kind of creepy with her smile. Then all of a sudden, they're all wearing sweaters in the conversation. They were <laughs> that having. was funny when they all had it on that wow. ugly sweater. Yeah, no, I'm remembering it. It started really well, and then I remember hating it. Yeah, you hated it. I, hated I thought it, it was. I, I wow. yeah I because I I forgot about all that stuff. I'm like, oh, what am I watching here? Remember, I was texting you guys, and I, you guys seem to like it a lot more. I'm not trying to take anything away, but I'm like, yeah, they just weren't doing anything for me. Well, like, it seemed like he he was living, he was viewing it as just this horror experience that he'd been been going through for a decade. He's even killing his friends because he knows that they're aliens, and she just sort of plays along with it and goes through the motions, and then it just kind of ends. So you don't really know what the resolution is. Are they going to be back the following year? Did they get what they were looking for? I think they did. Because they left that note saying, "Right, yeah. And the tree was there and everything was good. So I think the guy needed her to come and help. And that's that's what I get. Did you guys think that the one girl looked like Tracy Savage? I really thought I was wrong. I almost looked it up. I'm like, well, she looks too much like she did. And she she must have aged more by now. But that one character, you know, there was two women and one man that were visiting them. These were the aliens. The girl looked just like Tracy Savage from from Friday Part 3. I thought it was her, Chris. Maybe it no, was. No one else thought that? And she every time I looked at it, I'm like, man, that looks just like Chris. Yeah, and it can't be her because she looks too young still. I think yeah. that Tracy Savage is probably 10 years older than this, this woman is. But... If no one else caught on it, then I guess it's it's me. I don't know. So whatever. And then we wrap it up. And to all a good night. What the fuck was that? That's, have, that's my I, anger there. That yeah. Terrible ending. I'm sorry, Becca. I fucking I do not hate the movie. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that ending. I, I yeah. don't remember. Nothing. And I I always remember the movies for the most part. I've watched this less than 24 hours ago. I don't remember it. What, this what, is where they're performing everything that Max and uh, Jenna just, have been yeah. saying to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a cop out. It was kind of creepy, but it, it went nowhere. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. And then what about that guy? What about that old guy that kept fucking giving her the oogly eye the whole the whole time they were there? That went nowhere. Yeah, I, I think were they in hell? What was going on? Like creepy for creepy what, what, sake. Limbo. The, I hate that. Was Max a demon because he made that weird face? Like apparently. He, I, I don't know. And then well, why? Why would a demon be going on the on his fucking cell phone and, and talking about that he can't do something and this just it, no resolve? I'm not saying yeah. we need to even get every detail and be spoon fed everything, but give us some fucking resolve. Like that movie ended. Like I watched this movie with my daughter and my wife, and we were just all like, "Really? That's that's it? Like, what the fuck?" Well, yeah, it was. It was a very weak wraparound, and I think given the fact that you had so many survivors and so many of these other stories, they could have done something cool tying it in with uh, 
with the girl from the first one, maybe even with the tethered demon, something like that. Yeah, dude, and you had a fucking theater full of people. Not full, but you had people in the theater. Why not take that and expand and have the people that appeared in the the shorts somehow appear in there? Or have the people on stage mean something? Just have a better reveal than a CG freaking quick flash of a fucking, uh, the guy all of a sudden has a demon face because a minute ago he was complaining about his stomach and something. I was like, just a poor, poor ending. I'm sorry. It, no, it was. It was. It was a big letdown for me. Uh, it so. just. Con- it was consistent with the rest of the movie, in my opinion. Wow. I don't, it, it was just. Yeah. No, There's no re- resolution for most of them. I was. You know, it really bothers me because I. I have a rating, but then I'm like, oh well, this rating's higher than what I rated some of the Friday Thirteenth that I'm gonna go watch over and over and over again, and I will never fucking watch this movie ever again. Yeah, my rating is higher than three of the Friday the third or two of the Friday thirteenths. Three of the Friday. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You know how many movies I've rated eight out of ten, and I and I don't want to watch them again. Like I realize they were good for a one-time watch for me, and I enjoyed them. But when I think about them, I don't want to go back and watch it again. That happens. You know. You know why? Maybe because it was maybe because they're low, and because it brings that such that reaction out of me for those Friday Thirteenths. That's the reason why, and it's part of that franchise that I that I love, uh, and that that I hold true. And so that's why I'll keep going back. I gave this a five, good five out of ten, neutral, neutral. And yeah, and there are good bad movies. I mean, I think the the bad movies in the Friday Thirteenth franchise that we love to visit, we 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 love to revisit and just kind of see where they shit the bed. Yeah. Yes. It's part of the charm. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. I, this one is just a neutral for me. I gave and it a that's, five. That's funny because we it almost felt like we were kind of going at it, but I'm I'm at the exact same rating for you, and I feel like a five is high for me on this because that's what I was starting to think too. I, I, I feel, but I but I feel like there was potential there in some of the stories, and I appreciated the effort. I felt like there was effort there, and when when you see it, it, it makes me appreciate a film more, even though it's it's not a great film, but. I, I saw the desire and the the intent to make a good horror film here. It just kind of fell short in, in some areas, but in some areas it was it was entertaining. So f- five out of ten for me. There you go. Well, you know what? I I'm gonna come in a little. I'm gonna go with a six because I I will watch. I don't want to watch the first one, and I don't want to watch um, that one fucking other one at all because it should have been taken out. But there's three. Three of the five slash six things that go on in here that I would watch again. So I'm yeah. So yeah, I'm, and I and I'm I'm with Christian on this. I don't want to say never, but there's a good chance I'll probably never watch this again, especially with the influx of of holiday horror films we get each year and the fact that we have a staple of you know what we consider classics anyway that we that we always go to this time of year anyway. Absolutely. But it's so, definitely definitely worth checking it out. I mean. She's a fellow podcaster, and it's you know got to got to support all the indie filmmakers and. And for that, I know. feel like shit. But I, I no. I'm just trying to stay true to what what it is. But I all yeah. the power to her. Thank God they got this movie made. That's fantastic, and it is a co-director. Was it a, is it a husband and wife? Husband. Yep. And wife, yeah. yeah. So maybe um, maybe they wouldn't wouldn't want to talk to us now or me because of me shitting on the film. But I would be interested in seeing how they work together co-directing. Yeah, and they, the, yeah. Conversation. The, the, the things that I would want to know is their original vision for this whole thing versus the end result, because I think it's very easy to look at it from, you know, our critical eye, 
having no knowledge of what went on during the making of this. And I imagine it probably wasn't easy working with so many different people to, to try to get all these shorts that it probably didn't all turn out exactly the way they wanted to. I imagine that this is not the end product they wanted themselves. But yeah. it looked good, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no yes. excuse for the movie not to. But they they did have a couple tricks up their sleeve. I didn't like everything. Like I said, didn't like the split screen editing. But damn, the one thing from that Blitzen or whatever segment with the dead reindeer, I still that that effect with the red coming over the 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 headlight was, wow, I loved it. Great, and that's great probably why they there. kept the whole that in that story in in the first place. Because probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get some questions here. We uh, we put up some posts all over uh, social media, and said if you guys want to give us some topics or some questions that you want us to answer or anything, it's it's our anniversary, so see what you got. So we got some. We have a lot of congratulations and happy birthdays and all that other stuff from from many people, and I can't read them all here, but but you know, thank, thank you to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you to everyone. It's been awesome. Thanks for everyone contributing to the Patreon. Continuing to grow the group page. We just hit 3,000 plus members. Yeah. I know Christian thinks 200 of them are Russian prostitutes, but <laughs> hey, 2,800 legit members and 200 sluts, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shockwaves. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. All right, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Aaron West says, can't believe it's been three years since I bleached my first asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not his. <laughs> not, not his, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Hold on, I read it wrong. Can't believe it's been three years since I first bleached my asshole. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the way you read it was much more disturbing. You're talking about skin suits and bleaching other people's assholes tonight. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter with me. just sneak okay. up on someone. And... <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Okay, Tommy Bort says, congrats. I always thought Red State and Green Room would make for a good Christmas-themed episode because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I like Red both of them. In Green Room. Yeah, except we already did Green Room, so... Red Christmas would have been fucking... But we did that, too. And Blue Either Rune. Way. Well, what was his name in Red Christmas? What was his name? Cletus. Yeah. Was it? Cletus, that's it. Oh, Cletus. Oh, that fucking poor bastard. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Christian loved that movie. Yeah, no, I liked I the did. movie. I liked it. I like it too. That guy just scared me. I do, I should say. (laughs) It's kind of scary. Okay, Andrew Huff from Friday the 13th. Yeah, I got his promo too. Sorry for cutting you off, so I'm going to pop his promo in this one too. Pop in his promo. He finally sent it to me and I forgot to thank him. I got it, Andrew. You'll hear it. (laughs) There you have it. Right on. Do it up, do it up. All right. He says, of the modern horror films that you have seen, which one do you think has the greatest potential to become the next big franchise? Huh. Now, can we cheat and pick some that are already sort of franchises or not? Whatever really? the fuck you want, buddy. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I think one that, that some people would agree with me that only has two films so far that really needs more is Sinister. Oh, baby, I wish they would. Sinister really needs to have more films because those are just strong films. Fuck in yeah. Ter- in terms of films that don't have any sequels or anything, I, I personally would like to see a follow-up to It Follows. Or maybe a follow-up to Under the Skin and see where some uh, fran- some uh, sequels can go from there. Tracing the origins of uh, of the characters in Under the Skin and tracing the origins of It and It Follows. I could see that. I don't want It fucked with. I, I like It Follows being a standalone. I mean, I under- yeah, it's, I'm hesitant, but but at the same time, I think it it could be cool. It could be cool with the, with the right people behind it. All the same people and director-writer. 
Sure. What I did was I, I only thought of recent movies from this past year because I got 2018 on the brain, and I just chose two randomly that I thought they could expand more because the one already did did some expansion, and it's The Endless, which already expanded on stuff that we saw in Resolution. So I wouldn't mind seeing more from these people, maybe more people that were in the cult, or there are some more characters in Resolution and in The end, Endless that maybe we can get their stories too. That's, that's a terrific pick because not only – is it a great film, but the directors are terrific actors. Those guys are really talented. I would definitely love to see more of that that whole universe and expanded. But they got to do it now. They got to do it while everybody still looks somewhat the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think I don't think you'd have tons more films. I think you could maybe get one or two more films in there. Sure. Well, yeah. I don't, definitely. I don't think you want to overdo it, but they definitely no. left it open for more. Yeah, they could totally do it. And my other pick is Revenge. I think that could be a franchise. They could ju- just have different fucked up tales of somebody done wrong, it probably female, you know, almost like they did with like um the I Spit on Your Grave, you know how mm-hmm. they have you know the, the the three newer ones which were separate but together, you know what I mean? Different tales of uh, of someone you know that had bad things happen to them. And Revenge kind of took on that angle where you can't really explain it. Maybe they can make other ones and they can explain a little bit more about why things happened in that one and just expand on that. Cool. I like it. I would watch that. So that's what I got. You know what I've come to realize? I don't need a new franchise. I just want my old ones. So I want them to continue Halloween's. I don't I, I don't care if they don't stop them. Just make them good. Friday the 13th, I want them to rejuvenate that. I'm not one of these. I've said it time and time again. I'm not one of these that say, oh, these new ones that kill the originals or remakes, this, that, and the other thing. Fuck it. I've got the original. I'm going to enjoy it. Give me something new. I'm actually interested. I'm, I can't believe they're going to com- uh, continue the, A Quiet Place. I can see that. And if they, depending on what they do with the sequel, that can even branch off and maybe become even bigger. So it'll be interesting to find out what they do there. There you go. I agree. Cloverfield uh, thing, I think they can still continue to do more. They can Cloverfield, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think they've been knocking it out of the park with Cloverfield. I'm with you. I'm with you. So they, they could do more. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Okay, Jason Free. How about what is the best formula in general to make a great horror movie? It can lead to so many potentials and so many arguments ranging from fact to opinion based on taste. It allows for so many movies that have no budget to complete, pardon me, to compete with big budget. And also then leaves the surprises that were critically panned early on, like The Shining, to come back and be judged in a new light. I, I can't read for shit, sorry, but you get my drift. <laughs> fine. There's no magic formula. This is a very hard question to to answer. I mean, you could dedicate your whole podcast to just arguing this time and time again, using different movies as your examples. Uh, yeah. There's no definitive response. Budget means nothing if you've got a fresh idea and take and know how to deliver it. And people say there's no, there's really nothing original. Yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing. I mean, really, even if there's nothing original to be done, it's how you do it. How you do it from from the way the script is told and the the way that it's presented. And, and that that's it. That's why you can have an ultra-low-budget movie being successful. And then you can have super blockbusters bombing. <laughs> Money doesn't mean anything. As I we've, agree. I couldn't agree more. I think it comes down to, to good writing. I think if you if you nail it with good writing of of characters and story, everything else will fall into place. I, and, I, I, and, I, and I go back I go back to the invitation. I just think it is just such a brilliantly written and acted film that I, I don't care if that movie was made for five dollars or 
$500 million, it would still be an amazing film. And if you don't have the greatest story, you've got to, let's say you've got a good idea, but your characters are maybe a little bit more, uh, more one-dimensional, then give us the gore, if that's part of the, the premise. Because the ones that don't have anything and then skip on that, then you're like, what the fuck's the point? Especially if it's a, I yeah. mean, in the case of a slasher, of course. Uh, I mean, that, that would be where, like, I've, I've watched a few slashers. You're like, wow, these are, these are deadly dull, and they're not even delivering on the goods. And then one we just saw recently, I don't know how you felt about, but I thought it was pretty decent, was You Might Be the Killer, which was very meta, but I thought that they, they gave us the goods, and I thought it was uh, definitely worth checking out. They definitely gave us the goods with the gore, and it grew on me. I'll tell you what I didn't like about it. I just didn't like the kills being shown and scribbled and the names of the people coming up on the yeah. screen. I think they could have left that all out and not taken anything away and actually added to my enjoyment of it. Okay. But anyway, but yes, but I agree. And that was exactly one that the story is something we've seen time and time again. But the acting was good and the kills were good. Yes. You got to have good kills. And you know what? I think your budget, I think what you should try hard to do is make it look different. Make it look like you, you've spent some time shooting it. Instead of just saying, you can't just have a regular slasher stalk and slash out in the woods. It's not that easy anymore. You can't just fucking do it. You know, you don't have the, you're never going to strike gold like they did in the 80s. Just, that's just for slashers, because that's on the brain. But I mean, I think if, you're, if, you, if you do something to be different and stand out, you will pass the test of time. Like, you see movies now that at the time were kind of panned, and people... But now time goes on and people look back on it and they like it more. Like like Rob Zombie's H2. More and more people are coming around to it. And 10 years from now, you might have more people talking about that than some other ones in the franchise. I think you got to stand out. And I, I'm not saying everything has to be art house, but I'll tell you what. If you take the time to do things and make your film look different, anybody can make a, pick up a fucking camera and film. But if you actually take the time to frame you know, cool shots and to do things and, and to, I don't know, just take your time with it and, and be different. Uh, that's what I think it is. Be different and be memorable. Because even if it's fucked up at first and people don't like it, a lot of times people will come around to, to stuff that's different just not right away. It's hard to do an instant classic. I feel like sometimes people, though, jump up bo on board those films that just look unique and different just because they're, they'll call them art house and stuff like that when the story's lacking or... Or, or character development's lacking just because it has a different look to it. It has a different color palette. You know, I feel like people did that for like Mandy this year, which I didn't dislike. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like. Oh, people hit like, us I up for like... the Neon Demon. We all were high on the Neon Demon. There's a lot of people. Yeah. That was all substance or all style. Style. And, substance. <laughs> <laughs> and a little substance, but. But I think it depends. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I can't wait to watch Mandy again, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not saying I love it or hate it or anything like that, but it's one that I'm looking forward to the second view. All right. Damon Brazel. We all have movies that we love, even though we think they are bad movies. They are fun, enjoyable, but we're hard-pressed to defend them as good. My point? What are some films generally regarded as bad that you will defend as good or at least better than they get credit for? For myself, I will to my dying day defend Glenn or Glenda as a minor masterpiece of filmmaking. So bad movies that you love or think are good or whatever. I don't have any because I can't... I don't know why I'm different than everybody else, but to me, I don't like a movie that's bad because it's bad. So if I like a movie, it's because I think it's good. 
So I cannot get along. I don't know why I'm different than other people that I don't see a difference between best and favored, but I just don't. It's like I said when we said it before, a movie's objective is to entertain you, in my opinion. So if the movie entertains you more than any other movie, then guess what? It's the best movie you ever saw. It's a 10 out of 10. That's just, you well, know what I mean? I'll use my example of The Toxic Avenger because that one is not going to be for everybody. It is a low-budget Badly edited in some cases, low like uh, really cheesy. Personal favorite of mine. I've given it a ten of the ten. I felt the uh, the brunt of that from some people, but that's a perfect example of a bad movie that I'll give that rating to. That and it stood the test of time that I still will give it that rating. Whereas something like something like Shocker that I liked when I was a kid, or Maximum Overdrive as I liked as a kid, I know those are bad, and I won't rate them that high. I'll well, still watch them, but I won't rate them like that high. And I'll defend a toxic avenger because I think of the, the fact that of the charm and kind of what it was doing from the independent argument of behind the scenes of of what it was trying to be and uh, in in the you know the film world of Hollywood and this little independent movie was trying to break out. Well, the thing is, just because it's technically not great doesn't mean that it's not great when you watch it, right? That that's what I don't get. That's that's what people say. That's a bad movie. How is it a bad movie if you love it? That's what I, I can't. If I don't like a movie, it's because it's bad. If I do like a movie, it's because it's good. To me, it's just that simple. You I know think what he I mean? just. I think he just means that other people generally don't like. Right. And like for, I, you know I remember. Activity. My my yeah my example from a couple of years ago was was the movie Gravy, written yeah. by uh, by James Roday, the guy from Psych. And I, I was a huge fan of Psych, and I was a huge fan of, of Gravy. I just really thought the comedy landed. I liked the story. I, I liked the music cues, even though I've heard people complain that the music was just all over the place. But I like the music that he's into. It's very, like, 80s pop music. And uh, I don't know. I was just a big fan of that film. And it just seemed like everybody I spoke to or recommended it to absolutely hated that movie. And, and sort of, like, you know, gave me a nice ribbing for even liking the film. But... I'm still a fan of it. Right on. You like it, you like it, man. Shit. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Here's one. I'll say one that everyone seems to not like and I like. It's uh, Diary of the Dead. I do not, wa- do not know why that movie gets so hated on. I really don't to this day. But whatever. Watch it again, people. If you only saw it once, watch it. He's still saying stuff. I don't know. I still enjoy Diary of the Dead. Uh, no, I, I enjoy that too. If you said Survival of the Dead, I would have a different opinion. That's fair. Right. <laughs> That's fair. But... Yeah, big difference. Okay, Joshua Pinelli, congratulations. Talk about your favorite holiday memories with your families slash any scary or disturbing moments that happened during the holidays. Me, I don't have any disturbing moments or scary or anything that happened. Uh, Real quickly, all my good moments are childhood in the 80s because I was a kid and life was awesome and I was getting all kinds of stuff and had no responsibilities and my family was all together and it was great. And anything with my daughter, her first, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, you know what I mean? Just living vicariously through her. So that's all I got there. Yeah. Nice. I don't want to be depressing because, yeah, that's the same sort of thing. I, at least now I can live through it with my kids as well, and there's the warmth, and they love seeing the lights up and, you know, shopping for, for gifts and everything else. So that part's all cool, but I'm not I'm not a big holiday person, I don't think. I'm right there with you. I'm not a big holiday person. It's... 
it's all the moments in between those holidays that are more memorable for me. So I'm definitely not a New Year's person. I could oh, give I a fucking shit about New Year's. I always say because it was almost about the party. So I was like, we, we just did this last night. What fucking difference does it make tonight? Oh, because it's the end of the year and it's, we're supposed to change over. I'm like, no. If I want to do something, I'll do it. If I don't want to do it, I won't do it. Uh, about New Year's resolutions and all this shit. I've never been into New Year's resolutions. You should like, only party at the end of the year if you accomplished a lot of good things during that year. Otherwise, you should be forced to go to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> no, it's like confession. I murdered something, but tomorrow's a new day. I'll just get... <laughs> I don't. I. I just never bought into that crap, and it was just another excuse to party and get shit faced and whatever else. So I was just was like, yeah, I'm anti New Year's, and I'm not like a big. I'm not like a big proponent. I'm not gonna go out and tell people what to do because I never do that. Fucking hate when people do that to me. So I, I like watching Twilight Zone on New Year's, the marathon. I like hanging out most of the time. My family, like now, the girls are getting a bit older. They might do something. My wife, we we feel bad sometimes. She'll be like, "Hun, I gotta go to bed." For not obviously for not out somewhere, she'll go to bed. Right. I've I've watched the ball drop with my, me and maybe one of the kids that have managed to stay up by myself. That's fun. I'm always in bed at like twelve oh one. I'll say Happy New Year, good night. <laughs> That's it. It'll be weird this year because I'm doing different hours for the first time in my life. So it'll be weird that that midnight's gonna seem late to me, but it will. But I'll tell you what. When I was young, I loved it. Uh, you know, in my thirties, not so much. Nowadays. I do like New Year's Eve, but a quiet New Year's Eve. Like, like I spent like you know two or three of the last ones in the last five years, just with my brother and my sister-in-law and me and my wife and my daughter when she was there, just drinking wine and fucking eating cheese and crackers and pepperoni yeah. and just having Perfect. listening to some music. Yeah, but you're not going to do that any on a regular night. At least I don't have time. It never happens. But that True. kind of New Year's Eve, I like. Just getting together and then watching the ball drop. And then I like to play fish because they're usually playing on New Year's Eve. So I get fun. I have fun with that. And, you know, so I'm okay with New Year's. But as far as the rest, meh, whatever. It is what it is. All right. Depressed. We just depressed the whole audience. <laughs> uh, Nelson N. An amazing one of great shows. Congratulations. Your efforts and passion are always present in the end product. Now, you guys are officially film directors. Outside of the Exploding Heads debut, what story by what author would each of you guys love to put on film? Uh, mine's easy. My favorite book, but he would have to direct it and be hands-on. Nobody can fuck with it because it's way too visual, and he can do his own things right. Weave World by Clive Barker. That would be amazing on film. The budget would have to be extraordinary, so it's never going to happen, and he's not going to direct. But in, in a perfect world, that movie could be made. I was recently looking up uh, Stephen King stories that haven't been adapted to the screen yet, and I read that this one might be coming to the screen. But uh, The Long Walk, the first, I think it's the first novel he started. Interesting. Wrote it, wrote it under uh, Richard Bachman. And uh, about like a dystopian future where they have like this annual competition where they have this walk this hundred mile walk where you have to maintain a certain speed otherwise you get killed i i like films like that i think they have a lot to say about society and i think they're even more relevant today i never read that but i never curious. read it either but i was researching and it's it sounded interesting and it sounded like something i'd want to read well, i gotta tell you i would steal dave's idea because uh weave world would be amazing to nice see. Almost every book, from the standpoint of a lot of the ones I've read, most of them have been made into films. So I would take a page, uh, I think I'll take 
everything I learned from filmmaking, I learned from the Toxic Avenger <laughs> because it was a story of trauma and their their struggles of, of making it. And I, I just love that because I think that that's like the rock, like everybody loves a Rocky story, right? The underdog. And I think that would be great. You could uh, you know, wedge in all the gore and, and everything else and actually tell a, a, a cool tale of how these guys came about and then managed to make this movie. And eventually, I guess it would, the end would be if it actually gets this Hollywood rendition that it's supposed to be getting again. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I like that. Nice. All right. Terry Diz. What are some of your favorite supernatural movies or what are some of the worst supernatural movies you have watched? I fuck up with this word supernatural. I never know what supernatural is. Like I confuse ghosts with supernatural, and then I, I get. So but ghosts I'm, are ghosts are supernatural, so and I feel what, I feel like the worst ones in the last few years. I couldn't even tell you all the titles, but like these ones that pop up on Netflix or in Redbox, these sort of generic cover art looking ones that are like almost ripoffs. Like the Gallows was one I really did not like. <laughs> I but, remember. But, yeah, but I mean, I just those ones that take place in you know a school where something bad happened or abandoned asylum. It's usually yeah. a setup for a great film, but there's so many of them that so many of them are disappointing. But Anything when with I, paranormal in the title, that isn't paranormal activity. It probably sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll go back to the, to the 2002 show we did with 22 Shots because Inner Senses is a you know a psychological horror film, and it's you know sort of a, a, a ghost story dealing with uh, hallucinations and trauma and depression. And it's such a phenomenal film that I guess you could call supernatural that I, I got to continue to recommend it because nobody, I, I don't think anybody watches this film. Yeah, I don't think so either. I hear you. I hear you. And I plan to watch it. You know, I guess Poltergeist for me and the entity yeah. and um, paranormal activity, of course, you know, it's what I can think of off the top of my head and stay away from fucking found footage Amityville. That one was terrible. Oh my gosh. There's so many bad found footage ones. And I, you know, I know I love found footage, but if it's something you've never heard of, no, I can't even say that because they're hidden gems. Either way, there's just a lot of bad fucking ones. Well, to it avoid. just seems like found footage tends to go supernatural a lot. Yeah. Cause and, it's easy. Yeah. It, Cause it's easy to do it, but Supernatural is not easy to do. I don't think it, I think people no. probably really dislike Supernatural more than they dislike found footage. They just don't realize it. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. James Dean, do you guys have a favorite episode you've done and a least favorite? Congrats by the way. Thank you. Favorite and least favorite episode. I don't have a least favorite, I don't think. I mean, I'll go I've listened back to a couple of the old ones cuz I like to compare the the uh, the audio and I'm like, wow, what was I thinking? Or, and it's always me because I always feel like you guys are bang on, and I'm, I guess I'm, you're always your own biggest critic. So I'll, I yeah. joked in land, or like, you know, I couldn't <laughs> articulate something, which happens quite a bit, and whatever. I'm like, whoa, how did I not edit that better, <laughs> or, or cut me right out? But I can't really pinpoint that because it's happened, unfortunately, more than a, on a few occasions. And the best, I feel like at the last show. Every the last show, I mean, I know we had that fifty slasher, slasher one, and I, I really drive that one home because it was an epic, our first major epic one. But I feel like we just nailed it this year. We just did so many good ones after good ones after good ones, uh, and I, that's why I just have to say I always point to the very last one we did. 
I usually say the exact same thing, but I'm still going to highlight the slasher show because I remember the energy I felt that, that entire night when we were doing that and how amazing it was and what an experience. But I also will say the Friday the 13th retro. But it's weird because when I talk about my least favorite, it's going to actually play into that retro. And there's a reason why. My least favorite, and it's because of me, when I listen back, is the Sleepaway Camp show because I was using so many F-bombs and I don't know why, like tons and tons and tons. And I noticed this on the Friday, the first episode of Friday, one through six, brilliant. The second episode of Friday, I think the first three I was on, but the last three, and I figured it out. I stayed up late that night and I was tired. So I think when I get really tired, I maybe I get crabby and it causes me to curse more or something, but it hasn't happened in a long time. But I want to say either Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, or Remake. One of those three or all of those three. I was doing F-bombs out of control like I haven't in the longest time. <laughs> and that's that's when I listen back and have regret. So that's all I got. And I will say that every time we do a best of for the year, those are my favorite shows. 15, 16, 17, and I can't wait till the next show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big I, fan of the year-end shows. And, I think for me personally, I would never point out what my least favorite shows are. They all, like Christian says, have to do with your own performance. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've been, especially this year, more so than, than the previous two years we've done the show, I've been physically out of it for a few of the shows. And and some of the shows are are big shows that are getting huge feedback and huge positive. And I'm not going to say which ones they are, but and I've gotten done with those shows and felt like I totally missed the mark, didn't contribute enough or whatnot, but it all plays out fine in the end. So I just go with the flow and enjoy it all. It's always going to, I feel like that right now. Like I feel like I'm doing that with this episode. It's just, it's just something, sometimes it's just a vibe you're doing it. Then you listen back and you're like, Oh, it's good. I tend to hear it probably more than anybody because of the fact that I'm editing it. So yeah, of course there's some limitations going through Skype. You're, you're limited to a certain degree depending on the, the, the connection, but that's, that's what happens when we're not all together live in the same room. True. Joshua Bustle again. Being huge horror fans, have any of you guys been to any horror conventions? If so, which ones and how was the experience? We've actually answered this question last time about the conventions. So we won't have to do all that. All right. I'll read his story, though. <laughs> I went to Horror Hound Weekend on, uh, one year. I got Michael Myers' mask signed by like five people. It was an amazing experience. I got into a small argument with Michael Myers himself, George P. Wilbur. The photos he was signing were so clearly from part six. He said, no, that's from part four, LOL. I'm like, no, that's part six. He says, I should know I was there. So I just bit my tongue and didn't want to keep it going and said, okay. <laughs> I met Linda Blair. She's a tiny woman and super nice. You don't hear that a lot. Taryn from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was there and so many more. Oh, another funny story. Sorry this is so long. My brother was with me and Bill Mosley was there. And there was a pick from House of a Thousand Corpses. I think it was. And he says, that movie sucked. I looked at him and whispered, you know that's the crazy guy from the movie right there. He shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on the three-year mark and many more. So that's good stories there. <laughs> okay, Adolfo Bonatello. Congrats on the anniversary, fellas. In your future of filmmaking, would you all consider doing cameos or maybe feature dialogue that references inside jokes that would mainly fans of the podcast would appreciate? I believe you've mentioned doing an exploding sound effect, and that would be fucking amazing. 
to many more years of exploding heads. Cheers. That's great. Thank you. Of course we would do that. Of course we would do that stuff, right? Of course. Sure. Yeah. It'd be an amazing film. It'd be all inside jokes. Well, it'd be amazing to us. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to call it Top of the Mops. Top of the Mops, baby. And then we that, actually that be, got That'll our... be the actual... No, it'll be like the Exploded Heads horror podcast movie. Remember? that's That was going to be the title. We just switched that around. And then it would be Top of the Mops, and the quote would be from us. <laughs> you know, like, where they have those, the critic quotes on there? Top of the mobs. Yes. Dave, Brandon, heads. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking great. That's awesome. Okay. There's a Mr. Cover. Smith. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just rushing for your sake. All right. And Mr. Smith rocks. Here's This is um, Twitter. We actually got a response. Here's some topics to discuss. Should Robert England play Freddy again? If there's a new Freddy versus Jason, do you mind if we get versions of Freddy slash Jason? New versions. Is today's horror really horror or just dramas with some scary scenes? Is Toby Hooper or Tobe, really a good director. Okay, we don't want Robert England to play Freddy, right? We're done with it? I, I think he's done with it. But I think he sucked in Freddy vs. Jason. I think he sucked in a few of them. Okay. He's good in the he, first three. I think four is his last really good role. I think he may have gotten a bit of an adrenaline shot when Wes Craven took over, and I don't want to dwell on this question too much longer, but no, I don't want him back. B, what do you say? He's old. I don't know. He's in his 70s now. If he's game, maybe give him one more shot. He's earned it. I guess he's earned it. But His I balls could drag across the floor. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, is today's horror really horror or just dramas with some scary scenes? A, I lot think it's, of, a lot of fringe. A lot of fringe horror. Yes. I think it's evolved, but I still think it's just as horrific as ever. It's just, yeah. you know, another type of horror. So... But the, there is a lot of fringe, especially this year. But a lot of straight-up movies that I call horror have a lot of drama and then and, and have horror as well. But that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's just more intelligent horror films. I agree. And there's not nothing just wrong going, with it. Not just going for horror for horror's sake. Building it around dramatic events and well-written dialogue. Exactly. Okay. Toby Hooper. Is he actually a good director? Yes. I, yeah, he is. He has a lot of hits and he has a lot of misses like most of them. Okay. We got a couple more. These come from Patreon. This one's from Dino. Okay. I think I listened to all the shows now. What gave you guys your love for horror? And is it a love you picked up earlier or later on in life? Thanks. Well, we've talked about how we got started many times. So Most notably in episode one, but it's been repeated a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are all pretty young. Very you know? early. <laughs> yep. Would love to know what your most coveted collectibles are. From what collections of autographs, pictures you may have framed or displayed, congrats on your anniversary. And I'll find out who that's from in a second. But what do you guys got? Anything? No, didn't Christian sell all this stuff? No, I got some mm -hmm. of it still. I did sell shitloads. All my Fangoria's, Gorazones, uh, some of the rumors I had, Toxic Horror. I had all those. There's only five of them. I regret all that. I wish I still had all of those just because. Just uh, tons of DVDs, all my VHS all gone. All the laser discs. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. I know. Uh, but I, started, I, but I, yeah, I do have some DVDs, a few, you know, Blu-rays. Uh, the figures, lots of Jason figures now. I got Friday the 13th, the, the books one, two, three still coming in the mail. I got that Mother's Day book that I just posted on on there. And like I'm, I, I'm not going to spend shitloads of money on these books because that's crazy. But if I can get them at a good deal, I'll get them. And I got those two Friday books. I think, like I told you, I think it was like 40 bucks all in 
for both books, 20 each or something ridiculous like that. That's it. Mostly the Friday the 13th figurines. Yeah, I got to say that too about the Jasons. The ones I got behind me, though, these are sideshows, and you can't fucking get them anymore, a lot of them. And they were the first ones that were doing them before NECA, and they were the most expensive. And uh, you can find them on eBay, I guess, but uh, most of them you don't manufacture anymore. The ones and a lot of good stuff there. And my, uh, as far as autographs, I just got my framed one from from Amy Steele, Ginny, my favorite final girl, which my buddy Gary Hill got for me at a convention, and it's it's fucking great. So that's all for now. I'm building my room more. It's mostly posters. I got some other things, but uh, I want to get the Halloween three, all, all the three masks from Silver Shamrock. Yeah, I actually have a connection to get those. They're really nicely done. Those those Silver Shamrock masks. Trick or Treat Studios or no? Uh, I get them through a guy that I that I deal with directly from one of the conventions that I go to. I'm curious. Okay, we'll have to talk about this. Yeah, I'll give all you right. his info, and he'll even give you like the the mannequin busts too, so you can display them. Awesome. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. And that yeah. was from Elizabeth Schmidt on Patreon. So Yeah. Thank you. I, I have a bunch. Of, I, I think, you know what? I'm I'm not as diehard a collector as I used to be, but I still collect a lot of stuff, get a lot of autographs at, at conventions, and uh, I'm pretty proud with everything I have. Nice. No, that's good, sure. man. You, you got you to gotta have your shit, you know? Got to be happy about it. Okay, last question. Congrats from the Boston Brando of Cinema Blend, fellas. We know that's Derek. Um <laughs> Three years in the show has gotten berserk. <laughs> One question I wanted to bring up is how has your experience with the show made you more better in certain areas that you might have lacked in certain areas before doing the show? And also, what was your favorite episode to do of the year of the franchise besides the bigger known franchises? I'll answer that the franchise thing right away. I would say Cold Prey. Oh my God, that's my answer too. Really? Yeah. Because I didn't, I've only seen the the first one twice and hadn't seen the other yeah, ones and watched so here, them and yeah. was really turned on by them. So yeah. these are good flicks. So nice. Oh, nice. And as well, far as I, getting better, go ahead and see them. Oh, I was just going to add one missed call, which was a, 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 a DB. Him. Well, yeah. it was Derek doing it for us or requested it for us. Uh, that won me over as well. But Cold Prey yep. was definitely. Yep. I'd say that too. Cold Prey followed by a one missed call. Yeah, definitely. And as far as getting better, the only thing I've gotten better at, I will give myself a little bit of credit. I think this past year in particular, I've gotten better um, just all around on the mic, podcasting and hosting. I don't know why, but before I didn't like to listen to myself in certain ways, especially as lead host. And this past year, I've actually said something to my wife. I said, I want you to listen because I, I think I've gotten better at certain things and I want want your honest opinion. So I feel I've made strides. I don't know why this year it happened, but maybe it just took three years of doing it on this particular show for me to feel comfortable, but I, I feel more comfortable than ever now. So awesome. It's probably because of you guys. I feel oh. like I got worse and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to bullshit. I actually feel like I got worse. I've taught, I feel like I talk over you guys way more. I, yeah. I'm hogging the microphone way more. And, we all feel bad about ourselves. Uh, well, I know, but I, I've edited too. So then I'm like, holy fuck, I've, I am. The hilarious I, thing <laughs> is, I, I 100% agree with Christian. I feel like I've gotten worse too, because I think back of like reviews we did for, for films like, um, uh, shit, what's the name of the movie? The, the girl who lives in the house. What, what's the hell's the name of that movie? The pretty girl that lives in the pretty yeah. house. <laughs> I am the pretty girl. I am the pretty girl who lives on the beach. <laughs> yeah. I think of some of the reviews we did early on, and I, I was so proud of them. And I thought we, I brought so much depth and and uh, and, and intrigue to to those discussions. And lately, I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, doing so many big shows. It is. You get, this, you get the sense it's like 
Like, like you've almost run out of things to say. Well, yeah, when you're talking always... Jason Goes to Hell, there's always so much you can say. That's that's true. It's and... not intellectual conversation doing Jason Goes to Hell. No, wait until next season when we're doing more newer things again and we can dissect them. Yeah. But even articulation, you figure you will get better over time. I feel like I got worse. I feel like I'm more lost for words a lot of times, too. I'm just like, what's happened? Oh, well. Nah, as nah. long as the listeners aren't complaining and they're enjoying it, then uh, that's all that matters. That's right. what makes us real, man. That's what makes us real. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting better, man. I think we are. And our Patreon's growing. And anyone, thank you, everybody, for the, for answering the questions yeah. everywhere. You know? We love you guys. Answering and, and them and asking them. <laughs> answering them, asking them, every fucking, yeah, there you go. But we have more people on the Patreon. A lot have joined recently. I'm going to list them off real quick. Dino. Dino is from the Late Late Horror Show, which is a YouTube show. He's uh he's going to be able to pick some movies for us. Dave Parker, Mr. Parker. Mr. Parker that puts out great content. Yes, he does. More more YouTube. Screaming Toilet. Yes, he's on there. Great stuff there. Uh, Keith Moffitt, Jonathan Watkins, John Sexton. Pardon me, Jason Sexton, excuse me. Another Jason, who I don't know what his last name is. It just says Jason, but his email says something about Cloud Studio. So so there you go. All those guys have recently joined uh, you know, the last like month. So thank you everybody. Patreon's getting bigger, so thank you, thank you. Yeah. And you get to watch this. <laughs> you get to watch this. There's more coming. There's gonna be a lot more we're taking our month off. <laughs> Brandon, I'm, am, I even, am I even in the frame? No, I'm you look like you're half, look like I thought you fell asleep. <laughs> I'm just getting comfortable. We're in the in the late hours of the show. Well, I've got these. Yes. Where I'm recording here, the damn furnace is back there, and it's because it's, it's an unfinished basement. So it's just like I'm trying to like sound block it. This shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot more coming with Patreon. I'm gonna be. I decided to let all my freaking codes go there. Why not? I got all these things with the with the, with the codes, the UV codes, and the, yeah. the fucking all. What, what am I doing sitting on them? What I can give them to the Patreon. So I'm gonna Dude, start doing. I, and I keep more saying more. it. I have so many movies to give away. We got used movies, new movies. I want to downsize. I could take them over to a pawn shop and get 25 cents on the dollar for them. But you know what? I'd rather give them away for listeners. And we've had giveaways where cents. people have won and, no, and nobody, nobody, nobody claims them. That's crazy. Claim the stuff. I'll let you pick. I have hundreds of movies, even non-horror stuff. You could look at non-horror movies. If you want a romantic comedy that I have sitting here, you could have it. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, maybe more will join for that, but just for a buck, you're getting all this stuff, and I'm going to be giving codes away. It'll be first come, first serve, but still, we're going to have giveaways. We're going to do videos. There's going to be more and more emphasis on the Patreon in the coming year, and yeah. after our first show back after the fucking after the big show, we already have a feature review in three triple R's that are going to be on that very show. So we're going to be more Patreon um, going a much A much more laid-back, Patreon-focused year, I think. The year of the yeah. patron. Yes, you're the patron. <laughs> Better Get donate. Patreon. Yes, get on there, patreon.com slash exploding head. Just a dollar and you get all access. And anything else, you know, give whatever you want. We'll take it. You can pick movies for us. And there's going to be more and more benefits to it. So, uh, but that's next season. So, and there's one thing I want to say iTunes, please go on iTunes and leave reviews. Uh, that helps us out a lot. We're at 123 now. So, wow. we keep going. I know. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. And somebody I want, wait, us... I want that to two fucking hundred by Easter. If we get two hundred <laughs> by Easter, we're putting out bonus shows. I don't give a fuck. Bottom line, we gotta put out a couple extra shows that month. So um iTunes, somebody left us a review on iTunes and at the end they said something about I followed them. 
on Twitter, but they didn't follow me back. It was still a five-star review. It was said in jest. Whoever that person is, please email or send us a message or let us know because I, I run the Twitter and I try to follow back everyone that follows. So it, it's impossible for me to go back and find out who you are. So let me know who you are so we can follow you back. And uh, we are now on Spotify. So listen Spotify. to us on Spotify. Boom. Review. Do your thing. And that's that. So we got one more thing to do. Are we going to do it? Nope. Let's fucking get this done. Is that getting Brandon the date with that girl? <laughs> oh, no, no. We have to rank the franchises. We got to rank the franchises. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, do, let's actually accomplish something that we can get done. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. 15 to 1. 15 to 1. Holy fuck. No, oh, I want to go 1 to hard. 15. Do it. Do 1 to 15, then. You want to start with the best and then go to the worst? <laughs> I'll jump all over. What do you want to do? I'll you want to uh, <laughs> all our lists just from... Yeah, we got to hurry, so we, we should probably... All right, I'll, I'll go. Go, do it up. Number 15, Return of the Living Dead. I understand no- why. Number 14, Maniac Cop. Number 13, Phantasm. Wow, I'm surprised. Yep. Number 12... Reanimator. Number 11, Final Destination. Wow. Number 10, Paranormal Activity. Oh. Number 9, One Missed Call. Number 8, Evil Dead. Number 7, Hellraiser. Number 6, Cold Prey. Number wow. 5, Halloween. Number 4, Sleepaway Camp. Number 3, Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 2, Friday the 13th. And number 1, Psycho. Nice. Nice. Fucking psycho. Yes. Wow. I found this very difficult. It was very tough. <laughs> At first it was. I'll blow I'll blow through mine too. And I, I still don't think this is hundred percent correct, but I had a, no. I had to end somewhere. So I had number fifteen, one missed call, number fourteen, maniac cop, number thirteen, sleepaway camp, number twelve, paranormal oh. activity, number eleven, cold prey. Number 10, Final Destination. Number 9, Reanimator. Number 8, Return of the Living Dead. Number 7, Phantasm. Number 6, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 5, Hellraiser. Number 4, Psycho. Number 3, Evil Dead. Number 2, Halloween. And number 1, Friday the 13th. Remember, a lot of those have a 10 out of 10 in there somewhere in the top fucking 10, which makes it... Very difficult to sort of deviate. So I had to take the bulk. And of course, if some of them had even more, they're going to get the bulk of it. They're going to they're gonna win out. I just have Sleepaway Camp very high on my list because Dave drops mad F-bombs on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's weird because my uh, the end of my list is a lot like B's and the beginning of my list is a lot like C's. So I'll tell you, my 15 is Maniac Cop. You guys, that's probably not a surprise to you guys. I'm not even a big fan of the first one. Didn't really care that much for the second or third. So down we go. 14, Return of the Living Dead. I'll tell you what. Three, I like. Two, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it at all. And I'm never going to watch four and five. So it's pretty far down. You know what? Maniac, pardon me. Return of the Living Dead 2. That's the Mystery 2. And fucking and, and Chud 2 are probably the, the, the three worst number twos ever. Worse than the number two I left in the toilet an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't stand those three movies. Uh, okay. Um, number 13, Reanimator. Number 12, and it kind of pains me to say it, but it's also unfair because I haven't seen them all, but a Hellraiser. I need to see more, I guess. Number 11, The Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I, I like half of them, but the other half I just do not like at all. Number 10, 
one missed call. Number nine, cold prey. Number eight, final destination. Seven, evil dead. Six, phantasm. And here's the top five. Five is sleepaway camp. Four is paranormal activity. Three is psycho. Two is Halloween. And number one, of course, is Friday the 13th. You know, it was difficult. And again, when I I said that list, you got to realize I didn't count all the Hellraisers. I was counting the ones we did as a franchise show. So that would skew things a little bit too. We did three and we talked about the fourth one a little bit. And on top of it, all Return of the Living Dead to 10 out of 10. I like the second one. I'm okay with the third. Like Reanimator, 10 out of 10. Like really enjoyed the second one. Okay with the third. The Final Destinations was kind of solid all the way through. The, the fourth one, I like the most that I think of all of us. Uh, Cold Prey was solid right through, but it just shows the weight. Like Hellraiser 1 and 2 had such heavy weight on them. Right. That's why I rated it higher than a nightmare in elm street even though there's probably three nightmare in elm streets that were two of them that i really like that are really high and then a third one that's decent mm-hmm. it's, it was so it's difficult fair. like they all hover in and around the same thing psycho's my favorite horror movie yet it's my fourth favorite franchise just because of how i rated evil deads how i look at halloween and how i look at for the friday the 13th series as a Dude. franchise yes and if, if i'm doing desert island it's different like if I'm doing desert, like I said earlier, if I'm doing Desert Island, Hellraiser, if I'm only getting three franchises, I think Hellraiser has to make it, even though I'm only gonna watch one and two, because you know what I mean. I I, I couldn't imagine living without that or living without Psycho. But then again, Halloween and Friday, fuck, it's you know what I mean. It changes things. But if you're going for value, that's why I have Phantasm so high, because I'm going for value. I'm thinking that's my number six. I don't know. The most yeah, consistent. I had Phantasm at 13. I know. I know. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't hate Phantasm. I just, I guess I feel like it's an overrated franchise now. I like the first two. And then all the other ones are okay to good. And the first one, that okay fifth one good. almost blew my head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused as to what the fuck was going on. Something what? about that franchise, though. I could just watch them all right in a row all the time. Well, I like I like all these franchises that we have on the list here. I'll 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 take any of them. Even Return of the Living Dead at fifteen. I love the first one. The the, the next two are okay. Yeah, right. It was a great year. That was yes. a good way to wrap it up. I mean, there. I still think there are things I would have loved to have included in the Friday the Thirteenth retro. Even afterwards, after listening back, going, "Oh, I, I can't believe we forgot, for, didn't talk about that or whatever." I know. I know some people are probably wondering where the fan film stuff is. Problem is, there's going to be new fan films coming out this year or next year, I guess, and that's not going to end. Yeah. So we didn't talk about Never Hike Alone. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it on TJF13. It wasn't part of our Friday retro. I think we had to keep it true to the actual series. Absolutely. So now we we did everything we could. I mean, of course, fanboys like us are always gonna go back and listen and say, "Oh, but that that uh, it was a great success. People seem to really love. We've gotten great feedback for for the the Friday show and the Halloween show, and a lot of them. I think we've gotten a lot of new listeners because of the Halloween and Friday. So that's been great, man. You know, and it's it's been great doing the franchise, and it's been a great year. And we got one big show to go, and I cannot wait. Oh, man. Actually, I can't wait because I can't wait to <laughs> watch everything over and over again. Well, it's going to be, but it's not going to drop until the first week of January, I believe, right? 
I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna come out after New Year's for sure. Oh yeah, I don't even think we're recording it until January. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we, I definitely need time to do a lot of rewatches. And even though it hasn't been my favorite year, there's a lot of strong films, and I'm looking forward to rewatching a couple because I, I definitely rated conservatively for first time watches. So I, I don't have. I don't even think I have a nine yet. Wow. Wow. That's I, crazy. I, I might, fucking... I might have one. I might have one nine, but but I do have eighteen films that are at least eights. So th- there could be some major jumps on second watches for some of these films, and there could be some major drop offs. Well, wow. we'll see. We're yep. one show away. One show away, and then we take a nice little five week break. But with that, this is now, and uh, we're gonna recharge and come back. And yes, so next show we will see you for our big top eighteen of two thousand eighteen special. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Happy anniversary again, gentlemen. You guys yeah. are awesome. Yes, yeah, same to you so guys. So you guys. Man, because so. you know why? Because we're the kings of horror fucking philia. <laughs> Boom! Roll credits. <laughs>